and welcome to the Computer Game Show. My name's David Turner. I'm here with James Farley. Hello. Matt Murray. Hello. And special guest, Tamar Hussein. Hello, Tamar. Hello. (laughs) Fan favourite, Tamar. Oh, really? Yeah. When we were talking about, oh, Sean's off, everyone was going, oh, Tamar. And I was like, hold on. Let's, you know. That's all my all accounts. (laughs) That's just me. You're all over Discord on various different devices. (laughs) Trying to get a game of Mario Kart. (laughs) Um, should we get straight? We've got so much to talk about tonight. Um, so let's just get straight into it. Let's go straight into the feedback. But go on. Yeah, yeah, there is a little bit uh, to talk about, isn't there? Matt, let's go straight into the feedback. Straight in there. Uh, Last week, Dave, you were talking about Rocket League on Switch, or what we all were. And I think you said you were worried about the player count. Uh, Athene, uh, pipes up saying, uh, Dave need not worry about the Rocket League, uh, Rocket League player base, player base on Switch. It's cross platform. Yeah, I um, knew that. I don't know why I was moaning about that. Okay, next. Um, SMW, uh, I think Dave Turner's makes a great point in the Cage slash trailer debate. People throwing all the blame on Cage for picking that scene as though Sony and Quantic Dream's uh, own marketing teams had no input whatsoever. Yeah, it, it wasn't all David Cage, for, for sure. It was... Uh, what did you... Do, I mean, what did you make of all that, um, Tamor? Did you have any opinions on what they showed of uh, Detroit? Uh yeah, uh, I mean I have str- I have strong opinions. Like I wrote an interview um with him uh, uh straight after that trailer went out. Basically, like I was the first person to interview him, and you can read my interview on Gamespot.com. Um, but yeah, I I kind of I took him to task for it, and I tried to be balanced and measured about it. But like I'd be lying if I said that I felt it was. I didn't feel anything about it because I did feel something about it in that moment. I was like, I was in a room where, you know, one of their guys was demoing the game and there was a moment where it kind of really hit me that I I was uncomfortable about it. I've got, I'm usually, I'm fine with this stuff and I can see it in context and that kind of stuff. But there was this moment where, um, you know, when the, the father goes upstairs to find the, the daughter, um, yeah. and you, and, uh, Kara has to push through the, the mind palace or whatever it's called and then go upstairs so in our demo he went into the first room on his left and started exploring the room looking for the gun which is in the in the uh, drawer but while he was doing that you can hear the dad in the distance like shouting at his door and you can hear the girl screaming and at that point i was like this is this is very odd like how do you how do you kind of have uh, encourage exploration at the same time as you know there's a girl screaming in the corner of the room and on top of that like the writing and that kind of stuff like this is all me bringing my own baggage to it but i don't like heavy rain i think it's a very poorly written game <laughs> i don't like beyond i think it's incredibly bad game i don't have faith in david cage to i mean i'm i'm in old David Cage. It's been a while since, you know, he's released a game. So maybe he's developed. Um, but in, in the interview, I asked him where, where he's kind of like, what his, what his goal was. And he didn't really have a goal. Um, I asked him what he was drawing upon. He, he himself said, um, he draws from experience and he finds something deep inside to try and, um, you know, draw upon for his writing and, and to bring, you know, his, those emotions to the game. So I asked him what it was inside him or what experience he was drawing upon. And he said he didn't have any. And that's like, those are alarm bells to me. Um, having said that, I'm willing to 
for now, give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't believe it's wrong that he's tackling these issues. I think it's important that games tackle these issues. And I think that he has a right to do it. But I just am skeptical of whether he can do it with any sort of nuance, given his past work. But like I said, I'm completely open to him like trying it. And in, in best case scenario, and I hope that is the case, he, he turns it around and he, he pulls out this amazing game that's really smartly written and it's heartfelt and it's, and it's powerful and nuanced and, and amazing in every way possible. And a few months or next year, we're like to remember how they absolutely knocked up, knocked it out of the park with, with, with Detroit. Um, that's my hope. So how, what, like, I know this is a weird question, but how was he? When I read the interview on Eurogamer, he seemed like really, defensive and uptight and not not willing to really go into you know all right that that as we said last week that interview was a little bit leading and um it, it seemed to be a, an agenda behind it um but mm-hmm. he still seemed very s- snappy and sort of coming but were you surprised when you read the responses on that interview or it was that did it feel like it the was... same person you spoke to earlier it it didn't no um he was i i kind of like um when i spoke to him i tried to approach it from both sides like if i asked a question that i felt was kind of uh not harsh but you know putting his back up against the wall i demanded an answer i felt compelled to try and look at it again from the other side and try and see his perspective on it and ask him a question or kind of invite him to provide his take on it um I wasn't as hard on him as perhaps that Eurogamer interview was. And I think if you read my interview, um, even though his answers t- weren't satisfactory to me as someone who's trying to figure out whether he's capable of writing that stuff, he's a little more balanced. He's a little more level headed. And you can see that he's, he's true. He's doing his best to try and justify his, his game and his writing. Um, the David Cage that was in Eurogamer's interview was a different. Eurogamer and uh, sorry, uh, David Cage, and I can only speculate why that is. Um, yeah. <laughs> they sitting in front of people, possibly questioning every every aspect of the game. No, hmm. I'm not saying that's that's unique to him. Um, and people are attacking him. It's like you you hear about these film stars that get sick of sitting in interviews all day, and then they flip out towards the end, and that's the one that spreads everywhere. Um, sure. You know, maybe it's that. I don't know. Yeah. It's gonna be weird. I'm, I mean, I'm interested in the game, but. Um, yeah, um, I, as I say, I have my own worries about it. Mm. Okay, fine, next map. I mean, I'm more looking forward to watching James squirm his way through it when he streams it eventually. Um, yeah. <laughs> Shend uh, pipes in, uh, pipes up. I, I'd like to chime in on the discussion around the grim showcases exhibited by Detroit Become Human and Last of Us 2 from Paris Games Week, as I think I understand and even agree where Farley was coming from, but unlike most academics at the top of their game, he can't communicate. Uh, See, I, I hate the way, right, that there's just always these caveats and then it's just ridiculous because what he said is exactly what I said and also pretty much what Tamora just said as well. It's just, oh, go on, read it. It's ridiculous. For, for the record, James, I agreed with you. Okay. Thank you. How? He didn't make a point. I did How can you agree with someone who doesn't oh. make a point? Are you joking? I mean, I, I, Let's not. Go on. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure his point was clear. If you guys would stop shouting over him, yeah. Well, I've, I mean, if yeah, whatever. It's, it's James Farley. It's what he's here <laughs> for. If we didn't shout over I'm, him, he might as well just not be on the show. What's the point? What's the actually, point? You didn't expect. You didn't expect me to be the James Farley defense force, did you? <laughs> no, no I like, but my opinion has <laughs> gone way down of Tamar. <laughs> oh, get Tamar to replace Sean. 
No. <laughs> He's out. You're out. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, look, would you rather me do this or sit on a fence like Sean? <laughs> That's a good That's point. Very, very good that point. is a very good point. <laughs> um, the Shen continues, violence against women and certainly children elicit really strong emotive responses. In my view, there needs to be a strong context or narrative to justify either inclusion. Otherwise, it appears, to me at least, as a cheap and lazy method to wrench emotion from the viewer. When I've experienced this uh, in the past, it's just left me feeling annoyed with the title. Uh, Farley's concerned that David Cage may not be the best writer to tackle the topic based on his previous efforts falling short of the mark is, I think, fair. In the same vein, questioning the necessity to display gratuitous violence from The Last of Us 2 is also fair. The pedigree of the developer delivering on these themes isn't in doubt. Farley's Wolfenstein comparison shows that you can build hype before its release without resorting to gratuity. I expect Last of Us 2 to be similarly packed with content that could deliver similarly... uh, that could deliver similar uh, content. So why include it? Quick and easy controversial marketing. Using graphic content to showcase titles is fine. However, I think it's fair to expect greater Farley-level cynicism because it's potentially propping up poor writing in David Cage's case. Or in the opposite case of Last of Us 2, it's shallow marketing. Great show, guys. Uh, thanks, but I I fundamentally disagree. Uh, <laughs> okay, That's it. Can we stop talking about trailers now? This is the new. This is the new banning order, along with loot crates. I think we've done this. Sorry, that that guy who sent the question in. What was his name? Uh, it was the Shend. Is that on Twitter? Is it just at the Shend? Possibly, yeah. Okay, I think he's a. Uh, if he if it's the guy I'm thinking of, I think he's the guy who uploads Street Fighter oh, yeah, yeah, Three Third Strike videos yeah, to yeah, YouTube. He's in the, in the fight community, oh yeah. yeah, shout out to you, mate. My God, you are a hero. Like I watch, I watch all of those videos, and I am constantly on that YouTube channel. So big up you. But at the same time, you're on the other side of the fight. So, you know, never email us again. <laughs> Go on. Um, Gary Dewin came back That's in to clarify his points from last time. One, no, do we need to? Gary had about half an hour last yeah, week this is on the answer. show. One, he wasn't saying QTs are a bad way to tackle important themes. Hence his example of Life is Strange. And he doesn't know whether Detroit would be bad, having never played it. He was just referring to Cage's existing titles. Sorry if that was a bit unclear. Um, okay, fine. We... Um, also had, um, I mean, uh, strangely, I-, I thought we'd get a lot more feedback about the Dark Souls thing, but it was pretty quiet this week. Um, you, you <laughs> have to be fucking kidding You're me, joking. Matt. It's, it was insane, Matt. And also, it did start to get quite tiresome. It's like, you, whatever Matt you tweeted. Matt us in the week and said, this yeah. has to stop. This has to stop. And then started saying, this is all your fault, Dave. It's it not. Is your it's your fault, fault Matt. Matt, it's your fault because you're refusing to do it. Like, it's what everyone wants. Anyway. Um, I mean, Tamar, did you hear last week's show? No, I haven't heard it yet. So we, we were talking about what to stream, because Matt basically spent a month getting people to subscribe and setting up a whole streaming setup and all this, that, and the other. And, and now he's got nothing mm. to stream. He don't know what to stream. So we said, well, it's got to be Dark Souls. We, it's got to be. I would sit him and he's going, no, but everyone's done that. And this is a few weeks after he was streaming PUBG. So, yeah. I, I mean... <laughs> Matt, there is you've this is you brought this on yourself anyway, by constantly refusing to do what the like, fans ask of you. You've got to do dark stuff. Anyway, man. I mean, I, a, some, a lot of people accuse me Thank of you. just cherry picking the responses I I want, but I, I haven't done it this week. First response, Harmon, please don't do a dark soul stream. It's a complete piece <laughs> of shite. Uh, Capone <laughs> Adam, don't get sucked into his please, Matt Murray. No need for a Dark Souls stream. I'd rather see you stream Mario. Thomas Griffin, Dark Souls ship sailed years ago. Turners and Farley living in the past. So 
I mean, that, that's pretty much all the feedback we got about it. Uh, <laughs> Shut up, Matt. No, I'm joking. You, you should probably continue. Yeah, okay, we, we Andy Hero, stream Dark Souls, become or you can be. You're right, everyone has streamed Dark Souls, but not you. Part of what makes it brilliant is how different people react to bits. Plus, everyone wants a Dark Call Season 2, and this is the closest we'll get. Um, Josh Garrity, in all seriousness, you should stream Dark Souls. Um, Coruscant, it's a privilege and honour to be selected by Dark Souls. Do not insult the good people who have <laughs> put their trust in you. Do your duty. That's the most Dark Souls fan thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's so a privilege to play it. What, what's quite funny about this is that I can't see Map doing this. Even if he's like pressured into it, I can't see it happening. Because you haven't exactly got a track record of sticking with games, like really. Hmm. And I just can't see how you're going to force, your, force yourself like your way through it. Uh, see, I think that's, I like that's your hook. Yeah, That's your hook. How yeah. far can he get into it yeah. before he rage quits? That's... And everyone should place a bet what, what, what do they call that? Reverse what? Re- reverse psychology. Reverse psychology. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, James. I don't actually. I don't think Matt could do it. <laughs> I think, so it'd be, I don't think he's Matt, capable. Dave, that doesn't of work playing if you game. point it out. You know, like <laughs> oh yeah, you've got given it. You've given rever- it away. Reverse reverse psychology. <laughs> they said it couldn't be <laughs> done, it. but you've done it. Um, <laughs> there, there, there are, we got so many messages, so many tweets, and pictures, and Discord messages. It was it was getting ridiculous. Um, so I'm gonna do it. Uh, you are going to do it yeah. when when are you starting I'm going to do it this Sunday night from 9 I'm going to do it Sunday nights from 9 for an hour or so <laughs> and we'll see what happens <laughs> this is going to be very fun to watch I can't this wait this is the best news I've ever heard you, you haven't played Dark Souls before I have, have you I played I, played, I, I got past the tourist demon I played about 10 hours but that was I stopped okay. just I couldn't be bothered anymore oh, ten, okay. 10 hours and he made it to the cathedral my um, bet is my bet is Anor Londo is where he quits Mm, that is a good shout. I, I don't think it's going to be. No, I, I reckon it's going to be. Um, what, the, what's that? Capra Demon. Okay. Oh, Capra Demon's a bad one. Yeah, <laughs> but he's he's a he's a dirty cheater. So he'll he'll just go onto YouTube straight away. Yeah, that's good. I, the good thing is I don't have. I, it's not. I'm not like I'm. It's not like Dark Calls. I can just look at guides. So totally, yeah. you can do that. You could totally do that. You know what you should do, Matt? Just play playing co-op. Like just keep summoning people and have fun. Like it's you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I'm sort of dreading it, but I, I couldn't say no after all the get- tweets and messages, and it's, it's starting to get my tits. So yeah, Sunday nights, Sunday nights from nine, starting this Sunday. I don't know what the date is, but when you know, yeah, what time? Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Get on, and you should you should just summon people from your chat into the game. Oh yeah, God yeah, that that's a perfect way to get through the really tricky it, yeah. bits. And um, also, I will. Should I do a highlights reel for the YouTube? Uh, the day may not be any highlights, so I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> oh God! There's going to be highlights. I was going to say this week there's going to be a Beyond Two Souls extravaganza because I'm planning to do it every night this week. I'm going to wow. Uh, starting tomorrow night, I'm going to just get through it. I'm just going to push my way through for it. Weeks now, our listeners have been going. Please do more streams. We want more streams. I got a feeling that next week's feedback's going to be all right, lads. Come on, yeah, less streams. <laughs> that's, that's- that's quite enough. Uh, okay, any other that, feedback? That's the feedback. Yeah, if you want to tweet us, it's at ComputerGamePod on Twitter or email the ComputerGameShow at gmail.com. It's, Matt, not that's all the, it's, it's not all that for feedback, because I've got some feedback for you, Matt. Go on then. Oh, well, <laughs> go on. You're right. Matt, you, you, um, you edited the show last week, yeah? Uh, yeah. I noticed that you didn't bother to edit out bits like my bits that were embarrassing. Like you know, like to, yeah, that we, we that we talked about while we were recording, and I said you're going to take this out, and you were like, 
you know, we were like, yeah, it's unfair to leave that in. But you, you left it in, I noticed. Why was that? I just, well, I think even on the show, I said, yeah, I'm going to leave it in. So, no, no, you didn't. Yeah, but you, we you thought just... we were joking. Well, I genuinely thought you were joking when you said that. I, I cut down, I cut a lot of the rubbish out. I just made it snappy and, uh, I noticed well, that no, you, you, you hang on, no, 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 okay. <laughs> Go on. You, Gosh. you were pretty quick to edit out the bit at the end where you said something horrendous that we then had <laughs> oh, to, like, that we then had to cut out for, you know, for obvious <laughs> that reasons. That was just a joke that went wrong. <laughs> that, that was like, you know, I mean, that was really, really <laughs> awkward, you know, where we had to, like, talk about it for a while afterwards that that got <laughs> yeah, cut Eli. out that that got cut out whereas my my mistakes you know you leave those in for presumably what you think is comedy I cut effects out a lot of your mistakes believe me is many hours in the edit room james um i'll tell you this it, i i did notice something else about his editing last week man made the joke we were talking about bartering with a dog in the Nintendo eShop to get discounts on stuff. And Matt come out with one of his terrible puns where he said his bar is worse than his bite. (laughs) In the recording, I had to go back and listen to to the backup recording. You talk all over that line, right? (laughs) In the edit, Matt deleted your voice so you could hear it clearer. Uh, (laughs) okay so you spent ages like working out your like shit puns you know to get those in but then you couldn't take out stuff that embarrassed me that was fine it it went with the flow of the show i couldn't couldn't move that out disgusting it's not easy is it matt they said it in stuff it's not easy you sit there i mean i appreciate it but ain't easy there's a lot of responsibility and you will get caught up i mean david like you know we we have our clashes and stuff but at least he respects you know what we what we say when he does the edit (laughs) Not (laughs) you know well he does yeah i mean he i mean you know there was there has been other incidents as we know in the past and he's (laughs) at least the the episode where james farted throughout the whole thing exactly but at least you had the decency to edit those out not like matt well i edited a lot uh, of your coughs out that on last week's show there was only one there was uh, was multiple coughs I've got not, a backup, don't anyway. <laughs> Disgusting. Are we all cool? Are we, can we all continue? News. <laughs> we got the news. Come on, James. All right, so there's been quite a lot of things that have happened this week, um, but the thing that is sort of blown up over today, pretty much, is has been this response to from by EA to the Star Wars Battlefront 2 unlocking fury, as it were. What do you know about this, Dave? Because <laughs> you're going to hate this, because it, re- it involves loot crates. Yeah, I don't really want to talk about it. So uh, as far as I know, um, someone was upset because it takes them a long time to edit. Uh, no, to, to, a long time to edit. A lot, a lot of my brain's still in the last conversation. Um, it takes a long time to unlock, unlock Darth Vader or something. It's and a bit more complicated than that. But People are angry about it. Okay, want- I did see one horrendous thing before we continue. Apparently, the rules for unlocking certain things were different in the review build yeah. of the game apparently, to the main one. Yeah, because apparently you needed... It was like a thousand points or something if you're like if you were a reviewer, whereas it was like significantly more than that. For, Six 6,000 in, yeah. in the final game. Which um, is... I mean, that's pretty that is, dodgy. That, I mean, th- apparently that's been done before where um, a developer's released a sort of a game where you <clears throat> can power through the upgrading system quicker as part of a review build. But that's always been announced. Like, look, this is we've sped this up so that you don't have to do the time-consuming stuff. But again, that's a bit shady, but if you declare it, then I see no problem with it. And I see the advantage of them wanting reviewers to make sure that they get to a point where they want them to be when they're reviewing the game, right? 
th- this was sounds worse than that. They didn't declare that they'd changed the prices of things for reviewers and then just upped it when the game was actually released. That sounds bad. That sounds really bad. I can't think of an excuse for that. I mean, do you want to do you want to hear what the the whole thing was about? Oh like yeah, how that would be nice. Yeah, you tell you tell us. Okay, so basically, over the weekend, like EA responded to this conversation on Reddit, which and the conversation started with this guy who posted, "Seriously, I paid eighty dollars to have Vader locked." So this is, I mean, so then EA responded to this and they said, "The intent is to provide players with a sense of pride and accomplishment for unlocking different heroes." I mean, people have problems with this because it's like pride and accomplishment for unlocking something unless you pay the money, and then it's like different. But then they said, um, as for cost, we selected initial values based upon data from the open beta and other adjustments made to milestone rewards before launch. Among other things, we're looking at average per player credit earn rates on a daily basis, and we'll be making constant adjustments to assure that players have challenges that are compelling, rewarding, and of course, attainable via gameplay. We appreciate the candid feedback and the passion the community has put forward uh, around the current topics, etc. So, this was fine. So people, I mean, obviously this, this became the most downvoted comment ever on Reddit, which is quite an achievement. Like people weren't very happy with this. Yeah. Last time I checked, it was 115,000 downvotes. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's impressive. But then what happened later was that this, there was this EA community manager called Matt Everett who then tweeted, um, armchair, the armchair developers on the internet. Like as in like saying, yeah, these people don't know what they're talking about basically. But then he deleted the tweet after getting a whole bunch of abuse. And then it turned out that people have worked out the progression where it's like it takes 40 hours to unlock one hero or pay money. And, yeah, this it, it the whole thing just basically looks a bit kind of shitty. You know, the, 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 the whole... Sorry, thing. it takes 40 hours of gameplay to unlock one hero. Is that legit? Yes. that that <clears throat> That is the figure that it's been... Uh, circulated. Holy like, um... shit, because what's important to note as well, that if you unlock one hero, but someone else selects that hero before you get to them, you can't, you can't use, it. Yeah. use it. You can't play that ga- that game mode. Yeah. And I think I think Vader is one of the like more expensive heroes, but roughly, all the, I think all the heroes are around the same kind of yeah. um, ballpark in terms of how many resources you need to spend on it. I've not, I've not confirmed this myself, but a lot of people are saying it. And what I do know is it takes a whole load of time to, to get one of those heroes. And, you know, like you said, you might not be able to use him. You might not even like him. Like, what happens if you play Darth Vader and you're like, this guy sucks ass? Then you're, then you've just wasted 40 hours. Yeah. Right. Okay. Was there anything else to the story? Uh, I mean, well, also, I mean, obviously, like, the developers have been getting abuse now as well because of this, which is... Death threats. Yeah, which is absolutely absurd. I mean, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, the way... Especially because they almost definitely didn't make those decisions themselves. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the thing, the way I feel about this is that, you see, EA are totally within their right to do this. Like, they can make any game that they want to make, and the developers can make anything they want to make, and... But that doesn't mean you have to buy it either. Like, it, you know, if the, if the game has been designed this way and you don't like it, just don't buy it. And these complaints, I do kind of agree with what we were talking about earlier, David, like this idea that it is this sort of entitlement aspect to this where people get really sort of, you know, angry about this. But on the other, on the other hand, this is really shitty, like the, the way it's being done. But then if you don't like it, don't buy it. And then... I, I agree with that. Um, I agree in principle with voting with your wallet. Yeah. But... Consider this, 
this is a game that's been announced for what a year and a half, two years. Um, Star Wars fans have been paying attention to it. They've been put through the marketing cycle. Um, they the hype EA has built the hype around it, built the hype in those fans of Dice's games, shooters, Star Wars fans, and as as the game's about to launch, all this comes out like that has got to suck like even if you're a smart person and you're like voting with your wallet you've you've had that excitement built up in you only to have this come out at the uh, you know on the eve of its launch mm. that's rough like it's that you can see why people aren't just standing back and going well i'll vote with my wallet and not buy it and instead are like incredibly angry and venting their anger on the internet there's a healthy way to vent it and there's a bad way to vent it and a lot of the people that we're seeing are venting in a bad way but it's also from their perspective you can understand why people might be a bit angry about yeah. it because yeah I mean well, the, the, the design is, is terrible you know, but um, what do you think David? I, I, no I agree I, I mean I didn't A I didn't know it was that bad I mean that's 40 hours to unlock one of these characters seems a bit crazy um, I, I again yeah I mean, I mean I know what you're saying with the you know, people have been pumped for this game, and it feels like it's, um, uh, you know, it's not right. I, I, what, what would make probably an even bigger impact than, um, than just not buying the game would be to re- like uh, get a refund. You know, refund the game, send the game back. Like it's, it, it's never going to happen. There's just, there's not, there's, there will always be enough people willing to spend a ridiculous amount of money for stupid shit like this. And those people called Star Wars fans for a start, I mean, they're used to just spunking money on shit. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's not fair, Dave. That it's, is fair, it's isn't not, it? It's not fair because... You would buy a coffin if it had a C3PO on it, James. No, you the, know you would. No, because it's, it depends on what you're into. Like, yeah, some people are into Star Wars and they get excited about this stuff. You're into, like, Millwall or whatever. And, like, you know, they <laughs> yeah, get on. excited about that. And it's like... They don't deserve to get ripped off just because they like Star Wars, Dave. I'm not saying that they deserve to get ripped off, but if Mill will put out, you know, a lunchbox with the Mill logo and charge 40 quid for it, I ain't going to buy it. You might not, Come but on. somebody else might. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, so what's your point? It's not going to be a big seller, is it? I, I think... Well, it's Millwall, but, you know. This is, yeah, exactly, we've got no money. Um... I, I think this is going to bubble over at some point. And the, the the problem is, is that the more, like, there's a legitimate argument to say, you're taking the piss, we're not happy about it, right? Mm. When this gets abusive in the way that it has, then the bad, the, the idea of the, um, like, sort of standing up for yourself and fighting against the bad guy, if you want to put it that way, it becomes, like, blurred because... There are bad people on the on the side that are complaining and saying this isn't right, doing bad things. And you go like, well, there needs to be some sort of organisation when it comes to fighting back against this sort of stuff if it is a genuine issue. Yeah, and, and it, it also needs to be targeted in the right direction as well because targeting oh, the developers is appalling. I mean, we got we just before we started this, we got a message from somebody saying, um, like, remember micro microtransactions keep us developers in jobs. Uh, we crunch for months on end. We stress. We don't deserve threats or real feelings of any kind, and mm. that's totally, totally true. And it's it, yeah, you it totally have to remember that side right, of things as well. Wrong, wrong you know area. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and although although I did play devil's advocate there, the right thing to do is to vote with your wallet. 
And the reason EA is doing things like this is because, and think about it in a broader context, vote with your wallet on a broader context. Like, the reason EA is so into this is because FIFA Ultimate Team makes them a fuck ton of money, like yeah. a lot of money. And if you think back to Jason Schreier's Kotaku piece when they were talking about Visceral being closed down, one of the developers said the EA was asking what's our equivalent of FIFA team. So there's, and if you look at Need for Speed, the latest Need for Speed, it's got microtransactions in it like left right and center this is ea's attempt to try and replicate that success so like vote with your wallet and don't buy this game if you feel like it offends you but also think about how you play other ea games like fifa i know there's a lot of fifa fans in your community maybe you should think about pulling back on ultimate team for a bit yeah i mean that's it the good the good thing with fifa is that this ultimate team stuff is completely avoidable yeah you know there's so much more of the game that you can play without touching any of that stuff um, and so it's, I mean, I've seen people saying, you know, FIFA Ultimate Team is a terrible example of microtransactions and, and, you know, and it really is ruining, you know, it really is snide, which I understand, but because you, it really is like an optional po- portion of the game, uh, it, it doesn't feel as bad. Whereas this, this heroes mode in mm. Battlefield, uh, not Battlefield, what is Battlefront. it? Battlefront, Battlefront um, like in the original game, it was just a normal mode that you had access to all the heroes on, wasn't it? So, uh, breaking news. Um, Go on. EA has just published a blog post in which they've said that they're reducing the cost for um, unlocking top heroes by 75%. So, Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader will now be available for 15,000 credits. Emperor Palpatine, Chewbacca and Leia will be available for 10,000, Idenverse for 5,000, which, if you're looking at timing-wise, is much less than 40 hours to get that amount, that amount of um, resources to unlock them. So, at the very least, EA has changed that. Happy now, wow. James? Well, you see, there's also a broader point, though, that we... I mean, we were talking about this with Andy Hamilton like, on Twitter today about the way... And this is something else I brought up before as well, is the way that these... These mechanics are, may change the way that games like are designed as well, and they clearly are changing the way that games are designed. In the case of like Battlefront, which does concern me, because even even though there is the factor that you know you vote your wallet and you say, "Okay, I'm not going to buy games with this in," other people won't do that. And it, I'm, my main concern with this is that it's always going to become like how mobile games have gone. You know that everything just sort of moves towards well, you know, the majority of things just move towards this sort of free to play model, and then you know, the, the the way the game's designed is designed to make you keep spending money. And I don't think that that's been a very positive change for mobile games. I mean, you think no, like... No, I agree, but I, I, I do not see this going the same way. I think there's still more success. There's still a huge amount of success in, in these sort of more traditional setup for um, games. See, I'm, I mean, I'm not sure, at... though, because if you look no? this week, there's been like, Take-Two came out and have said that, you know, going forward, you know, you know, microtransactions are going to be built into everything that they make. Like Red Dead Redemption Two is definitely going to have them. It's going to be like a you know a big aspect of the game yeah, I, because I, I, they've made what, tons of money. People like the recurring revenue gamer. Yeah, it's it's, recur- it's it's yeah it's the recurring revenue is what they're talking about. And the, the fact is is that it seems that a lot of these developers are making significantly more money out of like recurring revenue as they call it, rather than through the sixty quid that they make from the game. So. This that incentivizes them to design games in this way, which means that they are going to change. Like over time, at least these big, like the big AAA budget games, are going to change over time. And 
I know, you know, this is just maybe the way things are going, but that doesn't mean we have to be entirely happy about it. And as you see with stuff like Battlefront, it's that's what's happened with this. And even though maybe they've made some changes to it now, they're still the systems are still the game was designed from the outset to use these systems so that they could make as much money as possible out out of like recurring like transactions. Okay, last thing before we move on, um, I'd be interested to see see because I see it going more the way of GTA. You look at you look at GTA Red Dead Redemption's coming out this year. We're we're all pretty sure that there'll be a Red Dead Redemption online mm-hmm. with you know microtransactions and all that sort of stuff. The way it's dealt with there is really well done because no one's having a go at um, Rockstar for their microtransaction stuff. Why? Mm. Because there's a fantastic single player experience and the online stuff can be played without being hampered too much about spending money on it and they're raking money in yeah so there is a sweet spot spot there it's about developers not developers publishers or whatever the people that make these decisions it's about them finding that sweet spot because the more they you know go over that line the more fight back there's going to be and okay ea may get away with it in battlefront 2 um but if they can if this continues to happen I think it will get to a breaking point. I can't see it going the way of mobile gaming because mobile gaming was was something that was taken up by the mainstream and video games, although is obviously wildly popular and everything, um, I still think there's a huge core base of gamers out there that just will not accept this sort of stuff. Uh, and if I, oh. eventually it'll come to a head. I just realised something. What have you just realised? People are already playing Battlefield Battlefront 2 from the early access. Yeah, so there's probably out people out there that have already spent that money yeah. on getting those Ooh, characters. Yeah. And there's no mention of refunds in this this blog blog post. Oh, they'll they'll they'll, they'll they've got to sort that out, surely. I mean you'd think they'd say that up front if they were going to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, we just shit. wanted to the early I mean it's not even out yet until Friday, is it? That's the official release date. Yeah, yeah, but mm. if you pay extra, you get early. I, I, I think what they do is they say, "Okay, <laughs> that, you know, no, no, yeah, it's true, isn't it? That is one of the things. It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it like, is, um, yeah. So what they do is say, yes, you spent forty hours. Now we've changed it. So what we do? Everyone gets a free Jar Jar Binks. Um, <laughs> go mad. Uh, enjoy that. Sure, they'd love that. Yeah, they'd, they'd absolutely love over. that. I think it like so. People at EA doing it this way, and then there's. Rocket League, where that knows microtransactions are only cosmetic. And uh, toward does um, Overwatch also have just com- cosmetic microtransactions? Yeah, Overwatch is, Overwatch's loot boxes are purely cosmetic. Yeah, um, and uh, like, and obviously like, that's a massive I, I game. Hate... That's probably doing well, but that's just cosmetic as yeah. well. I mean, I don't mind if it's cosmetic. You can spend as much as you want if, you, if that's what you want to do. Um, but obviously, yeah, you've gone a, a much more substantial route. Mm. It's like and, what Dave was saying. Like, if you build a stellar game and then figure out a smart way to put microtransactions around it you're gonna be much better off like i'd never spend money in game on anything but i have spent probably a few hundred quid on overwatch by this point and that's purely because i adore that game and like the problem it makes me love like everything you get is like beautiful and like you can see the thought and effort put into it so, like, I feel great about buying Overwatch microtransactions. Yeah, I've definitely um, bought a couple of loot boxes on Rocket League. Yeah, also, because I think, like, because I, I feel like they deserve my money. I mean, I got that game free on PlayStation Plus. Admittedly, I've since bought the Xbox One version, and I'm going to buy the Switch version. But, um, 
but also I feel like I feel like they deserve a bit more money, so I was happy to buy a loot box. It's just again, it's just cosmetic stuff. Um, I was happy to do that. Mm. Uh, okay, fine, enough. Next news story. Okay, so next is some more bad news. Well, okay, I'm not oh, afraid of that. Oh, for fuck's sake, James. Can, well, we get the, can we get to the end of the news bit where uh, you talk about on a dog that can play computer games now? No, something? it's fine, it's fine, because <laughs> after this... Okay, there's another bad one, but then after that, there's good news. So it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> so anyway, the next one, EA has acquired Respawn. Um, that's the, the next thing. And I don't want to say RIP Respawn, but I'm going to say RIP Respawn. You know, Do you remember nah. when they released uh, two shooters, one after the other, when Titanfall 2 came out? They, you know, they released Battlefield 1, and everyone was like, why the fuck would they even do that? Well, I guess we know now, don't we? <laughs> Make their sales not so great, then buy their studio. I mean, that's what that says to me. Clever. Um, so you're I saying, like, leave, no? leave, time for, <laughs> leave Titanfall 2 out to die... Uh, stock of the company goes down. You buy it for a bargain price of five hundred million. Listen, <laughs> what I'm saying, <laughs> what I'm saying is that that we were all questioning why, and that all right, maybe a conspiracy theory, but I think it's got some ground to it. And well, I'm not accusing them of that because that's probably illegal. It's just, allegedly. Wait, what, what is your what is your conspiracy? That they purposely put. <laughs> um, hung Titanfall out to dry so they could buy uh, Respawn. No, I think Titanfall no. was because it was Xbox yeah. exclusive and nobody bought one when it first came out. It's, <laughs> I don't know, man. No people, donut. people, people put a bit, but those guys put a lot of money into those games. Mm-hmm. Like just calculated risks like that just are a bit insane when you're playing with. Don't, don't of shoot down my conspiracy <laughs> theory. The world is flat. <laughs> Because um, I mean, they bought them obviously because they're they're working on a Star Wars game, aren't they? Like that's yeah, that's something they're doing, and, and that's one of the interesting things about it, right? Because if if the reports are to be believed, Nexon was also bidding for them, and can you imagine what would have happened to that project if Nexon had outbid them mm. and acquired Respawn? Mm. That would have been very tricky. People are also them. saying so, that this also, also um, one of the reasons Visceral got got shut down. Was because they felt they felt like Respawn's game, what was was going to be better or doing better, and they felt it was necessary to shut down Visceral to to buy these guys and support that game again. Where's that from? Who said I don't that? I saw it somewhere. Don't talk shit. You've not heard <laughs> of internet, man. I just made it up. No, I saw a few people on, on Twitter like <laughs> suggesting that. Um, who knows? I don't know. Like shut him down because it's he's got a little bit of knowledge yeah, in that. He's he's just down. Down. Yeah, I know. It's fucking annoying. <laughs> oh, no, I, just, um, I was just going to say Visceral was incredibly expensive to, to operate in San Francisco and not producing a game that has got microtransactions up the arse so. I, uh, I yeah I'm a, a bit concerned because I'm a huge fan like a huge fan of Respawn um, you didn't like Respawn confirmed too, the new you time for <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm you know I'd be interested to see where their next game is going to go I'm Pretty uh, convinced it's not going to be a Titanfall game, but Dave, they're, they're making wrong. a Star Wars game. Are you going to play it? They're making a Titanfall yeah, game. They're, they're making a new Titanfall game. Both of those things. <laughs> mm. Yeah, they've announced a new Titanfall. Yeah, as, as yes. part of this, they <laughs> said they were working on a new Titanfall game. And excellent, I'm bang up for that. I've not seen <laughs> any news this week. I've seen zero news. I'm completely yeah, the, blagging. The story it. is they acquired Respawn, and and Respawn said we're making a new Titanfall. 
Actually, when you think about it, they they announced they released Titanfall two and Battlefield one around the same time, didn't they? Hey guys, anyone? Next. Hey, think about it. Put it together in your head. Either way, I I just think it's a bit of a shame, and I I honestly will be surprised if they're still around in three years' time. Oh fuck, James, cheer up! Next, (laughs) (laughs) just look at their track records. I mean, the number of companies they've shut down—it's insane. But anyway. Um, so this is some other news. We've got, okay, so Miiverse has been closed down. Oh, f- like, it's fine. Okay. It's finally okay. done now. Um, that's was, something we could skip. Well, no, because it was like, it was, uh, did you ever use it, Dave? Like, yeah, of course I did. I had a Wii U. I posted <laughs> one, I posted one message up there. I got angry whenever I played New Super Mario Bros. U with my son and there was just pictures of Yoshi's dick across, <laughs> across the screen <laughs> off every level. Ah, you saw my Yoshi dick picture. Yeah, I you? did see your Yoshi dick picture. I <laughs> reported dick. you. What? That's why you can't go on Nintendo consoles anymore. <laughs> That's why you lost 20 platinum points in your Nintendo reward account. Um, uh, yeah, I, I didn't think it was utilized well enough. It was okay. When I logged in, I saw a few people like put speech bubbles up, little pictures and stuff, but it wasn't really integrated into many games, was it? See, this is why we need, well, it was loads of games like used it. You could, you, you could do it from any Mate, game. There weren't loads of games for the Wii U, let alone ones that integrated Miiverse. See, this is why we need Sean still, because he would be talking about this and about how brilliant it was and how I loved the Miiverse. Oh. I thought it was amazing. It was all right. And I kind of, I kind of like that. The, the, it, it was a failure, undoubtedly, but the things like the Nintendo fans galvanized around that failure and turned it into this really interesting, weird place to be. It was like a weird corner of of like a gaming forum that only you and a couple of mates really frequent, and you just go in there and find absurd pictures and stupid jokes and memes. And yeah, it was it, it was it wasn't never it didn't set the world on fire, but it was fun to be in there and see these cool artists doing insane things with a frankly atrocious touchscreen. Um, yeah, I loved it. Did you do you think it would have been a success if they brought it forward to the Switch? I mean, uh, the Switch currently has more attention and more players than the Wii U could but have. Do like, you reckon mustard. it didn't? Because it doesn't have a stylus, and uh, that was a big part of it. Switch, um, yeah, well, yeah, but but they thought, well, we'll switch on, have a stylus. Is there any point bringing me? Oh, well, it works on Splatoon. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I, guess yeah. I mean, I'm more surprised they didn't bring it yeah. over, frankly. But. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're overhauling the entire thing, so who knows whether they put up some weird sort of like uh, analogous style of message board system that just doesn't have all the like weird lobby stuff, which could be fine, like a middle ground between them. But like, I loved it, but I'm not going to miss it. Yep. Same. All right, James. Okay, so the last final bit, which is good news, is that Xbox One UK sales have matched the Switch and beat PlayStation Pro. That's insane to me. I mean, yeah. we, we reported on the story a few weeks ago where uh, Microsoft said it's their most pre-ordered Xbox console of all time. Um, James, you poo-pooed it. No, we got into and- an argument about semantics about what they meant, and it was ridiculous. But I don't want to go back to that again. No, ridiculous. that's fine. I'm not digging you out for it. What I'm saying is that it looks like that that was totally legit if it sold that well. What was it, 80,000 units in the, yeah. I mean, in the first week? Uh, I, I didn't UK. see this coming at yeah, all. Yeah, that, that's just UK. I didn't see this coming, but... <laughs> I mean, as the article, like Eurogamer, like talks about this, and the article mentioned that there is a there is like a stock availability factor here as well. Like, mm-hmm. as in, when the Switch came out, it was really hard to come by. There wasn't that many around, so it's like 
it's more difficult to get them. Whereas clearly Microsoft had like sorted that out and there was, there was loads available to be able to, to purchase. So it's difficult to sort of like determine which one is more successful, if you see what I mean, because of that. And it's going to be interesting to see whether it sustains those sales because that's yeah. what Switch's yeah. real strength has been. It's been able to fight through that, you know, lack of stock and continue to sell really well. And Microsoft's line has always been, this isn't for everyone. This is for a select group of people. Mm. Uh, you know, the high-end gamers who have the equipment to make the most of this thing and they don't expect it to match the sales of S or the original one. So, although it's got 80,000 sales now, it will be more impressive if it maintains that and I'm kind of skeptical as to whether it's going to maintain that. I'd be interested to see as well if it's increased the sales of the S if that's gone up this month compared to last. Um, because uh, obviously, I mean, the marketing, it, it, one a big difference, because the main thing is that they're putting it up against the PS4 Pro, right? Because that's that's a like-for-like like comparison. Um, and they're saying they've sold more PS4 Pros in the UK uh, than, uh, the, sorry, they've sold more Xbox One Xs uh, in the UK than uh, Sony did the PS4 Pro, right? That 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 is like, that's that's an impressive sound bite to use and... and um, that's yeah that you can compare that the switch maybe not so much whatever but i have seen like the marketing for this has been so much bigger than it was for the ps4 pro when that was released see um, can, I ask, can i ask you where have you seen that because i've not seen any marketing for this you've not seen any marketing for no. the xbox one x where have I've you seen, seen it, it everywhere where like on the internet around the town like billboards and all mm. sorts of shit i didn't see anything for the for the ps4 pro mm. Are you really? I've not seen. I've seen I've adverts seen on I've telly. Been, see, I don't watch TV, so I don't see adverts like with that stuff. But I don't know. I don't, I've, I've not really seen any. I've seen an increase in Sony marketing for the PS Pro. I have seen PS4 that as Pro. well. They're pushing, and that is a they? very calculated thing, which is incredibly smart. Um, yeah, they're pushing crazy bundles right now, and they did it like the moment the Xbox One X launched. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, they, they, did, they actually announced it, a 450 bundle. pound bundle, didn't they, with like four games. <laughs> So, so they actually matched the Xbox One X price uh, in a way you didn't think they would, but to actually increase it, but but also to create this fantastic bundle. But the the bundle was okay. I didn't think the selection of the game games was really the right choice, though. Was it? Wasn't two of them like Uncharted games? So it is the, it's the most recent Uncharted, uh, you know, side story. What can't remember what it's called. And then there's uh, Horizon with the new Frozen Worlds DLC. There's GT Sport. Um, maybe something else I can't remember. That that okay. is an insane bundle. That's like, not too bad, yeah. It's it's an uncharted game. It's Horizon, which has got like incredible reviews and a crazy amount of marketing spend, and it's a game with a lot of legacy and history behind it. Get Gran Turismo. That's a pretty like that. In terms of you look at if you just looked at a picture of that bundle, you'd go, "That's pretty good," even if you didn't know anything about those games. Yeah. Um. I mean. I- I, 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 but what my point, original point was, was that with so much Xbox marketing about, I wonder if that's driven sales of the S as well. Um, you know, people saying, actually, I do want an Xbox, but I can't afford an X. I wonder how it's done for them on that front. I think um, it must have done well because yeah. one of the big marketing pushes of this is the fact there's so much backwards compatibility. They announced only like a week before launch games like, um, like they announced all the original Xbox games, and that stuff of course works across all the Xbox consoles. So I wouldn't be surprised if S also got a bit of an uptick, especially because you can get crazy bundles of that as well now. And I think Microsoft today uh, announced this uh, sale running up to Black Friday, where you can get 
S bundles for loads of money off. I know that's mostly in the US. I'm not sure if there's a UK equivalent. I'm sure there probably is, but they're now certainly in the US tons of savings on Xbox Live, off certain games, off S consoles. So they're clearly pushing it, but, okay. they, but then they need to push it a lot more on Sony because, because, because they're very much in second place. So Yeah, they're catching up. Yeah, Microsoft yeah. marketed this as uh, almost as a new generation, but uh, this is, they marketed it massively as this is a massive new console, whereas the PS4 Pro our marketing at the time felt like barely anything at all. Um, so yeah, it's, it's much more muted. But then Sony didn't have to push it because they knew they'd get sales, whereas Microsoft had to spend loads of money because they needed sales. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, well, let's get straight into what you've been playing then, because Matt, this week you picked up an Xbox One X, and against all um, odds. yeah, I'm interested to interested to hear what you think of it. Yeah, against all odds, uh, they said it. They said I wouldn't do it, but I did it. I'm the most... <laughs> no one said you wouldn't do it. Not a single person <laughs> I'm the most... said you wouldn't you do, were it. do it. I'm the most predictable <laughs> man of all time. But uh, yeah. yeah, I've got an Xbox. Yeah, um, I mean, it's good. Isn't I, it? I, I must say I've, I'm really, really taken with the console. Uh, I think, I think, firstly, it looks it looks great. Um, I didn't have an S. I just had that the original Xbox One, and that was like a massive beast. Um, the S is a lot smaller, and th- this I'm not sure. I think this might be slightly smaller still, but it looks great. I've got the Scorpio edition, which has got its it goes from black to grey. Uh, the pad doesn't have the colours on, on the buttons. They're all like sort of just uh, muted grey colours on the buttons. I think as a in terms of looks, I think it's it's probably the best looking console out there right now. I think it looks great. Um, it's super quiet, which is which is great. Um, I had a bit. I've got a PS4 Pro, and that at first was pretty silent, but then uh, it got. But it, 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 basically, the fan broke and it got loud. But uh, yeah, it's super super quiet, um, and I'm just absolutely loving it. Uh, I've played so many so what, games. What is it? Because one of the things that you you said when you bought a PS4 Pro, and I bought a PS4 Pro this week as well, and I, I, I've got a similar f- sort of feeling. I I kind of I'm I'm enjoying it because I'm getting to see 4K gaming for the first time and stuff, but I'm also thinking, yeah, it's another PS4. That's fine. I'm I'm don't get me wrong. I'm happy that I've bought it because my one was getting a little bit long in the tooth, and um, you know, I needed a new pad, the battery was, and all that sort of shit. But I am just going, okay, yeah, this yeah, is this just is exactly a slightly what I said. better version of what my, I had. When I got my Pro, and you're like, oh, yes, he got a Pro, you know, this week, Matt, tell us about it. And I said, well, it's just another PlayStation 4. And you were like, oh, come on, it must be, must be more than that. But it really is just another PlayStation, which is fine. It's like a great 4K version of an amazing console. And so it's... So what's different about this? I, I don't know, right? So it may be different for me because I... Um, didn't really like my Xbox One. I bought it because you guys were playing Titanfall and some other games. I barely put any time into it. I barely, I barely tried really. The few times I did, try, I did play it. The UI is just a massive, slow, broken mess. And or when we did play games, parties didn't really work. And I was just, it just wasn't. It wasn't the PS4, yeah, but- which which I loved. But- Matt, can I ask a question though? Has that is it really significantly better though on the One X because? Like I still, I still play on like the Xbox One like quite regularly, and party chat and all that is still awful. Like on that, and the dashboard is still it's it's faster, but it still locks up sometimes, and it's still not as good as it's as it like it's definitely not as good as the PS4s. No, no, like I one. mean uh, uh, UI wise, I still think it's it's needlessly complicated, and some and some things just don't make sense. I think the new UI and that obviously is available on the S as well, and. In like the week or so before the Xbox One X launch, I was playing on my original Xbox and downloaded a new update, and that 
already, in my opinion, made a substantial difference to how how usable the machine was. Now you press the home button, press down once, and suddenly you're in your games and apps. It does feel a lot better. It's still not perfect. Still got issues, and I still think the PS4 um, UI is is way better. I mean, I haven't had any lockups. It's it's super it's super snappy on the on the One X. Um, but I think if you've got major, major issues with the UI as it stands on the S, then I don't think the X is going to change your mind too much. But um, So yeah, I, I love my original Xbox. I love the 360. Never really got on with the Xbox One. It was slow, it was broken, I couldn't be bothered. All the games were better on PlayStation, but I, d- I don't know what it is, but this week I've just fallen in love with Xbox again, and those poor listeners are probably thinking, well, you're probably just trying to justify the £450 console you bought, Matt. Well, maybe, maybe that is the case. I've, you know, Subconsciously, subconsciously, <laughs> just freely admitting it. subconsciously that, that, that I, I'm not thinking in that way because yeah. I really have no concept of money. I mean, I just bought like a thousand pound telephone. Um, so I'm not thinking, oh, I need to justify my new machine. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm caught up, caught up in launch, launch hype. Um, but I'm just loving it. I, I feels, I mean, it's cheesy as fuck to say, but it does feel like it feels like the, the old days of Xbox. I don't know. Maybe it's just the fact I'm joining parties and I'm playing an Xbox and using that pad, but. It, I'm absolutely loving it. I love the fact I'm playing all these games and all the games look gorgeous. It feels like um, it, it does feel like a really big step up. Um, much more, much more so than, than the PS4 Pro. PS4 looks great anyway. The Pro is a a better looking 4K version of that. Um, but the the One X feels feels like a huge jump. I mean, playing games like Forza, I've only got the demo, but the HDR lighting in that is is crazy. And it's not just that it's brighter. Um, it's hard to describe, really, but it just feels like there's much more depth in the colours. And on on the demo I played, where you, it's it's a level, it's the Porsche demo. If any, anyone listening has played it, um, it, it's sunny, it's sunny towards the end of the race. And when you go on like, the start finish line and you see that sun coming off the tarmac, it yeah, it, it feels and looks amazing. Um, yeah, and I've been, I've been really enjoying playing old games, seeing how they look. You know, Mirror's Edge looks absolutely fucking stunning in 4K HDR. <laughs> Um, How's Quantum Break, Matt? I know you're excited to play Quantum well, Break. Well, this is the it? other thing as yeah, well. well. Matt has been talking about, you know, what games he's bought and what games he's playing on it, and you know, he's getting excited to playing Quantum Break. Well, I just want to try is, it. Th- it kind of brings you to the other, you know, problem that. Okay, so Microsoft now have a console that seems to be respected. It's being uh, bought and um, is, you know, a powerful. What's the most powerful console out there right now? They need to sort the games oh, out, yeah. don't they? Badly. That needs to be the next thing. I mean, yeah, Matt, the, the, didn't you didn't you want to pick up Super Lucky's Tale? You know, like you know, with your with your machine. I did not. I did not. Um, I picked up Assassin's Creed Origins. That looks stunning. Although I will say, I think I think Horizon probably looks a little bit better. Certainly in like the character models and the animations and stuff. But 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 that looks stunning. I picked up a Quantum Break because it was like eight quid and CEX and. Um, there's and, a reason. Uh, what? It, well, you know, but some, some people I know say it's all right, and I'm interested in seeing it. The, the story is quite interesting, and I've enjoyed the first bit of the chapter I've played. <laughs> Who are the people that you know? Name and shame them on the people podcast. People I know say it's all right. If you, I mean, like, if you're on, like, sort of a schlocky, like, sci-fi channel TV show with, like, a shooter. Yeah, I, anyway. No, no, that's exactly what whatever. I bought, like, Gears of War 4, which, you know, again, eight quid. Um, and again, if you, if you're an Xbox fan, you probably played these years ago and it's nothing new. But for me, maybe it's because I was sort of pretty anti-Xbox this generation. This feels like a substantial upgrade and it does feel like a much more, it feels much more like a new console than, the pro did for me only because I played loads of PS4 and it was just a better one. 
Whereas so y- I've ignored Xbox One up to now pr- pretty much. Um, and I'm excited to see what games look like, old games and new games when they announce some. I mean, this is all this is all really good, and it's good that hopefully there's going to be more competition, you know, for Sony and everything. But it's like I said to you on Twitter, Matt. It's like there's it hasn't got stuff like Yakuza and Persona and stuff like that, or there isn't enough for this machine yet. Oh I don't yeah, think, definitely. Like, it, it feels it. like yeah, they've got the hardware sorted now, um, and now they need to drastically concentrate on actually getting some games and some exclusives. The software, um, and I think Phil Spencer um, said as much himself, but. Yeah, fingers yeah, crossed. Yeah, they're trying to acquire studios, aren't they? At the moment? Yeah, which is weird. After shutting a bunch yeah, after, down. <laughs> they shut loads to save money and like cancel all the TV stuff and the Don Matrix stuff. And now they're like, okay, we will just acquire studios, whatever it takes. I mean, everyone knows and everyone's been saying in all like, the threads I've been reading and podcasts I've listened to said, yeah, it's a great machine, most powerful, games are stunning, but my God, it needs some games. I mean, I, I do see myself, I do see it for me now being the place I will play third party games. Uh, because they almost certainly look better. A lot of the things they've read about, uh, I've said the same out. Um, Wolfenstein being four proper 4K on Xbox One, and l- the comparisons I've seen, a lot of people say Xbox One X version does look a lot better. So I can see myself be using the Xbox as the place to pay third parties. But um, yeah, I'd love some decent exclusives. Tamor, so the- you've been using this, have you? Yeah, barely. Like, I've got one. Um, I used it long enough to kind of get a feel for the UI and stuff like that, but I don't have a 4K TV, so I, I'm not experiencing the kind of, like, the benefits of having that console. Um, but for me, like, I, th- I feel like uh, maybe I'm just reading, like, reading too much into it or speculating, but for me, the thing that the Xbox One X does is um, kind of hit reset on on the entire Xbox One kind of lifetime like the arc of it to just reset and and remind people that microsoft are capable of putting out gaming focused high-end hardware that's the that's how they launched the xbox one the xbox the original xbox was this super powerful kind of clunky but very focused uh, machine and it provided a unique experience and along the way they kind of lost that with the xbox one x so you the identity of what Xbox is is kind of up in the air. Was kind of up in the air with between the like the TV stuff and Connect and and all these other services that they were pushing to start with and always online. And I feel like this is a console that tries to strip away all of that. And it might be too late for the current generation for Microsoft. They you know they they are behind the PlayStation, but they're doing fine. But what? I feel like it, they're trying to do is kind of give themselves a clean slate for when the next generation starts because then they can come out at the start of that generation and say we had the most powerful 4K console of the last generation and now we've got this console and it's going to be more powerful than ever before and by that point hopefully they'll have a few more studios and they'll have some exclusives lined up so I feel like this is very much like the first step and prep for the next generation of consoles. Yeah, it, it does definitely feel like a reset or trying to reset yeah, the, the last four, the last few years that have just gone super wrong. But, um, it is mad, isn't it? I mean, you remember when the Xbox One was launched and all the issues it had, and it's taken this long to sort of start to get a little bit of a foothold back into things. You know what I mean? Just from those simple decisions. And I mean, they reversed most of those decisions before the Xbox One launched. Um, but the damage was done by that point. And mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're still trying to make, uh, you know, make up the ground. And I think this is a big step towards it. Uh, it's just, you know, 
it also shows that £450 for a console, people will still buy it. Like, mm. even though it's ridiculously expensive, um, they will still buy will, it. yeah. And remember, as always, you can... As always, if you are an Xbox fanboy and you want the Xbox One X to do well, um, then what better to get the main one on your favourite video games podcast to play it? You can send me an <laughs> Xbox One X. My DMs are open on Twitter. So... <laughs> Get you get the first one to send me a message saying I'll send you one gets the prize of sending me an Xbox One Dave, X. Dave, the main one has already got an Xbox One X. Anyway, I'm I'm loving no, the machine. I'm I'm yeah. Uh, it, uh, a few months ago, I wouldn't have ever thought this, but yeah. But the fact I'm actually excited to play Xbox when I get home at night is uh, crazy. But I'm happy it's happened. You, you could stream Quantum uh, Break, Matt. You could do that. Yeah. All, all, right. Ignoring the um, ignoring demos that you've got. I come over your house tomorrow and you um, want to show off what the Xbox One X can do. What do you put on? Why do I have to ignore demos? I mean, Forza looks stunning. I haven't made that have the full game. But because I, ju- I just think Forza's the easy answer, isn't it? But I'm interested to see if there's anything else that Assassin's sticks Creed out. Origins looks incredible. Did you buy that? I then? did, yeah. yeah I, I wanted to have one full price like modern game. There were, all the rest were like second-hand or old titles, yeah. How are you getting on with that? You've, you've no, not played, played Assassin's Creed game before. before. So um, I had weird sort of ideas of what it could be, and um, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm surprisingly enjoying it. Um, so I don't know how different this game is from previous Assassin's Creed games because I don't have anything to compare to, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's it's really super open world. and I, I So again, I'm not sure if this game is very different to previous ones, but I didn't think it'd be this open world. For some reason, I thought it'd be quite... quite um, sort of formulaic missions go here you know um kill that person or chase that person or this and the other but yeah it, it feels almost fa- far cry like in some some regards there's loads of things to be interactive in the environment be the animals or you know um overhearing um other people talking and doing and grabbing missions that way there's tons of things to do there's also this little like side side tombs a bit, a bit like uh, in tomb raider actually where the um someone we but I've done a few of them where I'll just go into a tomb and try and find something within that. Um, the, the actual landscape is absolutely huge. It's massive. You can call up your hawk. I can't remember what it's called, like Senu or Senu or something. I mean, it's basically, it acts as a drone, essentially. And you can use that to fly around the environment to see if there are any markers on the map. You can use that to tag wildlife, to, uh, tag people. Um, yeah, it, it looks absolutely stunning. And I'm, I didn't think I would enjoy it, but I thought, okay, that, that's... Basically, I went to buy either that or Forza or Wolfenstein. Um, Forza, I, I was happy to play a demo, so I thought, well, I'll play a demo instead. Wolfenstein, I wanted to get, but people said you should probably play the previous one before that. So, yeah, I got I got Assassin's Creed. Um, and, yeah, I've been like, going around um, doing missions, then I'll, I might um, open, I might loot um, like a chest or whatever, and I'll get a sword, and it's a bit, very much like Destiny in that, you know, you'll see the sword you'll get, and that that has high numbers, so you switch to that one, so you're constantly changing your loadout and your... Um, your, your, your... What, what's, what Do you feel the setting works? Like, is it an interesting uh, setting? Yeah, it did. Is Egypt good? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm still only in like the, in like the first major areas. I haven't seen the pyramids yet or the Sphinx or anything. But no, it, it's interesting. I mean, I again, I know nothing about the characters, uh, but what I have seen so far seems quite interesting. It's just the story. Of this guy who seems to have come back to this come back to this motherland and there's and people are surprised or shocked or happy that this guy's returned. Um, so I'm I'm still getting my head uh, head around the story. There hasn't been hasn't been any modern day stuff uh, for me 
uh, thus far. Yeah, I was about to ask. Yeah. It, it, I mean, al- although obviously you can like synchronize and climb up to high locations and synchronize on a map and, and stuff. So that obviously is, is modern language, but I've seen there's been nothing else modern uh, thus far. I hope there is because that was part of the series. That although I never played it, uh, it did interest me the connection to the modern, uh, to, to modern times. There is, there is oh, some okay, stuff cool. like that yeah. coming up. But no, um, cool. I, I, I mean, God knows how 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 much I play it. But it's it's just like the the loop of doing a mission, uh, looting uh, around the area, getting better weapons or better armor or this like yeah yeah that you've got currently and switching out of again. It very much like the same Destiny mode of getting a new weapon that's got higher numbers. Switch it out. Um, yeah, I sort of surprised myself at how much I was enjoying it, but I'm only like an hour, hour and a half in, so early days, but, uh, yeah. Everyone remembers their first Assassin's Creed, <laughs> then, uh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I enjoyed the first one I played how for, open for world a while. Were those previous and then ones? Bit... How, how open world were they? Pretty open world. They were, they? yeah, Jones? they were open world games, okay, cool. that's the whole, mm. whole thing. Well, they were. They, I mean, the first one was like, it was that, it was a little bit like Tomb Raider, wasn't it? Where it was like a city and then connected with a single road. Then you get to another city bit. Um, I think most open world one that I played was Black Flag. Because that felt truly like you could go anywhere and do anything. Um, Same team, innit? Oh, is it really? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got no interest in it. No. I've... I've I've it's never it's really, really good. I, I like it a lot. I like the fact you have you been playing it as well. Then climb or? everywhere, just like Zelda. Yeah. So there's no like I'm not worried about invisible walls. If I want to get up to a certain location, I can just climb up it, which I'm really appreciating. Yeah. It, it, it's very much in the same mold as old Assassin's Creed, um, but they're just kind of like really pushed out the walls, so you've got way more space and way more to do. Like in the other games, you'd. You'd usually have a select group of people that you'd go back and forth to for missions and quests and that kind of stuff. Whereas now you have a little more, you know, you have NPCs in the world that are, they have missions for you and they're side quests most of the time. But, um, yeah, it feels, it feels a little more, it feels closer to The Witcher, um, than, than an older Assassin's Creed game. Um, and they've kind of mixed up the combat so it feels a little more Dark Souls like. Um, I, I think the combat works for it, um, but it, it works in very specific scenarios. You have usually like a handful of enemies, one or two enemies, and you're, you're fine. But if, if you get ganged up on by like three or four guys, it very quickly goes south because they're quite aggressive. And, and it's like you have that Dark Souls style combat where you're strafing and blocking and kind of trying to get at a distance and do some range. And if you're surrounded by, you know, people firing arrows and one guy with a hammer and another guy with like a lance and, and a dude with smaller knives that is just like in your face the whole time. You don't feel equipped to, you know, deal with all of those threats at once. But otherwise I think, it, I think Egypt is the strongest part of it. Like the, the kind of the, the research and the kind of detail in that world is really, really impressive. And I'm, I'm enjoying just kind of walking around. There's a lot of, not a lot, but there's there's some jank to it, and you can tell this is their first attempt at going this open with it. Um, but it's not overwhelming, and it doesn't happen all that often. Usually, you know, it's just here and there you'll see something clip weirdly, or for me anyway. But like just walking around, some of the vistas in those games. I'm sure you've seen the screenshots on Twitter. It, it is a gorgeous game. They've they've done some really cool stuff with like the way they um, present different areas visually. 
Um, and they're also having fun with it, which I really like. That like the uh, current event. Um, this is like a Destiny style raid thing, which I can't do because I'm not at level thirty. But it's like a giant version of Anubis has appeared, and you have to kind of fight him. Um, so they're having fun with it. And well, is it un- like, is that online? Yeah, it's it's like a they're doing like a weekly event thing. I don't I don't think you can team up with other people, but I think it's like a weekly challenge thing where it's like challenge of the gods or something like where you beat beat Anubis and you get an armor uh, like a piece of an armor and then you beat enough gods and you get this legendary god armor or something like that. Um, I haven't dug too far deep into it because I'm still like maybe like ten or eleven hours in or something, um, so I'm nowhere near able to do that stuff. But there's humor in there. Um, Bayek is a good character. He's yeah, he he's, seems no, cool. he's not as yeah, he's not as stern as as the other guys, and he's not like weird. Like I, I wasn't a huge fan of Edward Kenway at all because he just kind of falls into being an assassin, and he's like, yeah, I'll be an assassin, whatever. Not really taking anything seriously, but uh, you know, Bayek is kind of like the origins of the creed so there's a little more story to be found there and you get to if you're a fan you get some nice like nods like you they tell you they explain where the feather comes from and why you why that's related to to you know the assassin's brotherhood you is the origins are in something bayek does which is kind of cool so if you're a fan of the series like yeah you'll find a lot to like about it i reckon but it's also very very familiar yeah and it kind of slipped under the radar as well didn't it because there were so many games that come out yeah. Um, I think recently, I think it's I mean, a great like Christmas game if you've got some time and you don't have anything else to play. It's like a nice open world to settle into and kind of explore and do missions in. Yeah, I, I would love to just yeah you know, to just get lost in the world because it seems like there's a lot to do. But if, also, I mentioned Far Cry earlier. There are little sort of encampments where you go in and there's like a captain to kill, and then and, and also also some treasure to loot in the same area. It feels almost like the, like the settlements from Far Cry. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, um, the yeah, the I mean, it was kind of overshadowed. Uh, some may disagree, but um, Call of Duty World War Two came out this week, and it sold pretty well, double the amount of the last game. And we were saying, I mean, we said a couple of weeks ago, someone asked, "Do you think Call of Duty World War Two will sell well?" And I, I mean, yeah, I thought I thought it would sell very well. I mean, it, it Call of Duty anyway, and they've got a base following, and I know that sales have progressively gone down in recent years. The, the switch to World War Two, I think, was enough to push that sort of marketing campaign and say, look, this one's different. This is one that you'll want to pick up. Uh, it's all pretty well. James, you've been playing it. Um, have, yeah. Does it live up to the hype? I mean, yeah, we, we, you've played it as well, haven't you? So, I, mean, we, I have, yeah. Cause... I mean, I have only... I, I had nothing to play last week, and um, I usually play through a Call of Duty campaign. Um, and I said, okay, all right, well, this one I'm going to buy straight away and rinse the campaign. I'm not too bothered about the multiplayer. Um, it was, we said before, there was a certain type of experience I wanted from it, but we'll, we'll get to that. What, what have you made of it so far? Well, you see, I went into this actually with kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say negative feelings, but I'd just come off of uh, Wolfenstein, and which I did enjoy. And I was just kind of feeling whatever they're going to do with this, it's just going to be... Yeah, you know, sort of a throwback to yeah you know, the past, and I, I can't see how it's going to be as interesting. Although obviously the combat is leagues ahead, I think of like of, of Wolfenstein. It was the combat in this is still really really fun. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I in the beginning I I did dislike it quite a lot, and probably the first I probably said the first third of the game it feels it felt like a bit of a mess. Like the you're um, specifically talking about the the uh, single player campaign. Yeah, yeah, the single player campaign. Yeah, it's I, it just felt. 
it was so up and down for like about the first third or about the first half of the game where it didn't really seem to know what it wanted to be because it wasn't really sort of sort of uh, sort of developing a story like very effectively you know from the beginning and then it just keeps changing style uh, you know so sort of your first of all you start off playing as like part of a squad it's the sort of the typical call of duty 2 like sort of style gameplay more and then they sort of shift it across and it becomes a bit more like the stuff the more modern stuff which is you know sort of you know you're just on your own sort of like fighting through and you're like you know spies and all that kind of stuff it's i mean it looks beautiful it's it's amazing to look at but i just felt it was all over the place like but by the time that i reached about the midpoint of the game it seemed to sort of settle down what it was trying to do and it, i i enjoyed it a lot more actually i, I ended up being quite sad when I reached the end because I I felt that they'd really it it begun to go in in interesting directions. I mean, there's parts of the plot particularly related to um sort of they they touch on like the genocide like aspects of of the war and that was one of the most interesting moments in the game. But unfortunately, they don't really go you know they don't really go anywhere with that. It's it's a very sort of like isolated scene, which is kind of a shame because I think it would be it would be interesting for them to explore that. But um, I know I I have I did enjoy it. I mean, how did you feel about it? Because you finished it as well, yeah. It's not what I wanted. It's mm-hmm. not what I was after. I mean, uh, I said before I didn't want it to feel like a James Bond action hero yeah. game, and it really does in places, f- doesn't it? Which is what yeah, I yeah, it does. Disliked. And I I, I felt that um, uh, the whole the the angle it took to try and it, it feels like they've taken bits of their last few games and um, they've tried to inject it into their old older style campaigns. Um, but I think in doing so, they make the, f- the war feel like one story. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like World War Two is obviously this this you know horrific event, and with so much going on in it. And how they dealt with that previously is showing different sides of it, different mm. battles from different parts of the war. Um, and I, I think it was a lot more effective because they had characters that you play, they die, and you move on and find out how that affects the you know another part of the war and, and you know stuff like that they 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 I shifted think, around a lot and you had a bigger sense of scale of what yeah. was going on but also and in this i think it, i definitely think the best levels are the ones where you feel part of an army yes that's uh, forming a, an assault like so the level where you're fighting up the hill was fantastic the level where you're fighting across the bridge was fantastic and um, the the other stuff, I you know, the spy scene where you play as a spy. Yeah, it was, uh, and I won't spoil it. It was okay up until you got outside, and then yeah. it asked you to plant the bombs. And I'm kind of thinking, this is just this isn't working. Now you've gone. I don't know. It was just it was it it was going somewhere, and I was feeling tense, and it was interesting. And then it dropped it all and felt back like right back into the bad side of COD. Yeah. You know where you like there's far too much stealth in it far mm-hmm. too much stealth uh, and the stealth bits are, yeah, they, they're kind of well done they're forgiving but at the same time there was a lot of moments where I, I had no idea that there was someone around the corner and they just saw me and shot me dead there's, also that, thinking, Come there's on. also that whole thing with the stealth where I mean for most of that I always just felt like I don't want to be doing this really this isn't, yeah, totally. this isn't fun Absolutely. You know, to do this. Yeah. And also, you see, what you're saying about like earlier games, that what they were really effective at, I thought, was sort of building up to a point. Like, they, they really sort of, you know, sort of 
shown you know the war sort of as it was sort of you know evolving and as things were were sort of going on through like timelines and stuff like that so you can see where your part in the bigger picture you know how it was sort yeah, of fit into absolutely, that absolutely yeah. whereas this doesn't do that at all and there's there's parts in this particularly in the beginning where it really seems to like sort of flick from one bit to another where you're like okay well, what's happened in between all of this like how have we got this far already i mean it's also very short i mean the campaign is really short but yeah god it's like six hours seven hours yeah about that Perfectly. and you see but then, but then, like what you said though, I mean, towards the like the last the last half of the game, where it does begin to focus just on on like your unit and like just on their actions, that is where it, it did begin to feel a lot more sort of a lot better. But the stuff at the beginning, I mean, that that level with the train was awful. Like it was a, I, I hated that so much. Do you, you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and they they made a very good point on the Beastcast last week that saying it, one of the things that these Call of Duty games do sort of really fall down on is the sound. Mm. And if you imagine that train scene done by Dice, like the, uh, it would have felt incredible. It would have felt epic. But when the train blows up in that, it's kind of like, all oh, right, <laughs> it feels like a misfired firework. You know what yeah. I mean? It's kind of like, oh, okay. No, there's, there's <laughs> it, that, it really then, takes the edge off it. Also, you see, I felt it was too, that, uh, it was too sort of Michael Bay in parts as well. You know, like with the like massive explosions and all that kind of stuff going on, and it, but it didn't feel. It felt like it was for spectacle rather than for you know, like for for story reasons. If you see what I mean, which I don't but think really worked that well. But it's almost like a bombastic action flick, isn't it? No, but yeah, that's true. But then no, the World no, it's War not II, always been like that. No, the World War yeah, Two games were appeals. much more. Well, no, no, but the World War Two games were always about like trying to tell a story of of the war. Like that was. In, I mean, that was one of the, the par- whole purposes of the game when it first came out, of like the original Call of Duty, was that they, they moved on from Medal of Honor and then onto Call of Duty with this sort of idea of trying to show like a more like realistic aspect of war and how like, you know, war sort of develops now, it, how it affects people. And that, I mean, that got lost with COD as it started to go towards, you know, like all the, like the secret agent kind of side of it, you know, like just, you know, you, you as a superhuman and everything. But the original games were not like that. And that's why I was excited by this when I first heard about it, because I thought hopefully they go back more to, you know, the original style of trying to tell like a historical story, really, you know, like through this. And they succeed to a degree, as I said, towards the end, but in the beginning, it really didn't didn't feel like they knew where they were going with it. It was all because over the place. That, because that bit was so quick and right at the end, mm. it does kind of feel like, I don't know, not crowbarred in because yeah. it fit in with the story, but it didn't have the effect that it could have had. Mm. You know, if, if they actually focused down on that a little bit more. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I it mean, was kind of like, instead of going, look how horrific everything was, it was, where's my mate? Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it kind of felt that it lost the effect that it was, yeah. that it could have got, not necessarily what it was going for, but what, what, what it could have, could have I mean, got. We also, I mean, we tried to play the multiplayer as well, but it was broken. And it yeah, seems. Yeah, I mean, God damn, that multiplayer is broken. I couldn't even get into a party with James. It just kept saying could not connect to server over and over again. And then also. And it was kind of like, oh, God. Because we were going to try like the Nazi zombie things. And like you said, Dave, there is, I don't know, there still is something kind of like gross about that like uh, with a game like this like based on like historical conflicts having like the zombie stuff just still feels i don't know it just feels a bit off to me yeah it seems like i mean the game clearly sort of says to you look the multiplayer the campaign and the zombie stuff all completely different games Mm. right and i get that but at the same time it's kind of like i've just gone through this 
uh, game that essentially, like the, the the campaign, essentially says, "Look, this was a horrific war, and horrific things happened in them." But now they're back alive. They're back from the dead. And it was kind of, I don't know, it's just weird. Did uh, uh, YouTube Mash try the Normandy social space? Yeah, you can get into it. You can get into it, and it's a bit odd because, like, it does have the loot crates and stuff like that with stuff like just appearing, which is a bit bit odd. But um, they've also, I mean, they've copied, it's the same sort of thing that Destiny does, you know, with the whole, like, they have, like, daily like daily missions and stuff like that and you know like bounties and all that kind of stuff they've it's really just exactly so did, did you complete your bounty to watch five people open loot crates no because the servers are down so it doesn't work oh, right. so <laughs> so I, can't still, do that. I will say this though them. and uh, i think there's been there's been one opinion floating about that, that that's been winding me up a little bit a lot of people have been saying oh it starts at normandy beach and oh god we've done that over and over again the normandy normandy beach bit at the start of the game is so short like yeah. it, it, they, you zip past that in seconds. Um, so yeah, if that's if you're worried about shit like that, don't be because it, it gets away from that very, very quickly. Um, also, the other thing that that did wind me up a little bit was that I died a lot. Did you die a lot in the campaign, James? Um, I did in the beginning, like especially that Normandy beach actually took me quite a few attempts to get up. Same to the here. Beach. It yeah. was yeah, it yeah. was really difficult. I mean, I played the game through on normal, and because. I see. I always used to play the the COD games on like hardened, but I just, I just thought I can't be bothered with that this time because I know it's just going to irritate me. So I ended up playing it on normal, and I didn't die that much. I mean, I I found it a much more enjoyable experience because I didn't feel there was less of that kind of like you know I've just managed to get through you know like loads and loads of people. I've got into a building and then I've randomly got shot by somebody behind the door. That that didn't happen as much as it seemed to happen in like previous like Call of Duty games. That happened but, a lot for me. Really? Happened a lot oh, yeah. for me. There was yeah, there was a little moments where I was seeing the same short cut scene before, um, before the action started about three or four times. That's yeah, it was winding me up. That's when when I got annoyed with that train level because that kept on taking me back like a long way, and then you're just like, oh, not this again. It's um, it's really irritating. But that was the only part of the game that really, really irritated me. It was um, yeah. that was not not so good. But um, I know overall, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was it. I enjoyed it more than I thought. And the thing is about this is it. It really made me feel that there is still scope here for them, and there's still stories that could be told like in this theater like easily. And I just I do hope they go back to it and they sort of expand it a bit more. I can't wait to see what the next one's going to be about. Like where do they go now? It's for some context. I think it is. Uh, Is it it, Call um, of Duty Sledgehammer doing the next one? No, this, I think this was so. Sledgehammer. Okay. No, this was Sledgehammer. Yeah. The next one should be Treyarch. Yeah. And so, 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 and so for what, some context, what, what um, franchises have they? What they've owned Black Ops. So they, they're Black, Black Ops. Ops. Okay. Yeah, and that. So Call of Duty World War Two sold twice as much as last year's game, which was Infinite Warfare. Yeah. Inf- Infinite Warfare's sales were down fifty percent on Black Ops Three, which was the game that preceded it. So they they've cleverly spun that that figure. How do you mean? As in, like, Call of Duty Black... It's the, it's the reason that figure looks good, and they can say that is because Infinite Warfare sales weren't very good. No, oh, so yeah. No, it's, no. Yeah, it's not that, like, this is doing amazing. It's that the game before it was shit in terms yeah. of sales. Yeah. So, yeah. Which is weird as well, because I, I played... I mean, I, I preferred Infinite Warfare to Black Ops. I thought it was more interesting what they were trying to do with that. But Infinite so, Warfare is a great game. Yeah. Uh, have you played this one, Timor? 
No, I haven't. This is on my list. I think it's. I'm going to play that later on, probably in Christmas. I'm in no rush to do it. Like, the campaigns were the main draw for me, and after, I mean, I loved, I loved the uh, multiplayer games, multiplayer element of it, but they all started to blend together, and they became this kind of like weird. You you're alive for five seconds experience that I just wasn't into anymore. Um, so like it from that once I started drifting away from that, it was the campaigns, and then the campaigns kind of just started to lose me a bit. So now I'm in no rush to play them. I'll just get around to it at some point. Yeah, so I mean, again, I'm playing I'm playing them here and there game. because we're we're making you know content around it, but um, I haven't done a full playthrough. I still really prefer the combat, like the World War Two combat to the the modern warfare stuff. You know, like the weapons and everything. I just find. I, f- I prefer the pace of the game. I just it's slower, and I just think it's it's more interesting. You know, to play that way. Yeah, and I, I, every time I played one of these exosuit COD games, I was thinking it's ain't Titanfall. Mm. Don't feel like Titanfall. Um, yeah. Oh well, I'd be interested to hear what you think of the multiplayer, especially the war mode, James. That people are saying that's genuinely really good. Yeah, I'm gonna um, give that a go this week. It's, so I, I mean, I'm gonna trade mine in this week for Wolfenstein, but I will try and get a quick blast of it before uh, before it goes goes back yeah okay fine um you've also been playing that you've you played through uh what is it life is strange before the storm episode two yeah, yeah this I've will finished, be quick right yeah i finished that i mean i can't there's not much i can say about this because it's all spoilers but it was really good and um, did you do you think i was correct in what i was saying about you know the risks and the stuff that, like how it pulls it all off yes and it yeah, because there were so many parts in that that I thought were going to be awful that ended up being really quite touching and brilliant. It was, um, yeah, it was excellent. And surprisingly, the only parts of that episode that I thought didn't work was the stuff where it tried to inject a little bit of video gamey, mm-hmm. you know, point and click stuff in there. Yeah. I, that I was kind of like, yeah, this is not what I want to be doing. Whereas the prolonged cutscenes with barely any interaction mm-hmm. was where the game shined. It was like, I couldn't, yeah, I can't wait for episode three of that. If it, I, I really hope it maintains the the quality of the first two because it's been so good. It's been so good and so different from anything else I've ever played. And yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm glad just... you agree because sometimes I'm sitting there thinking this game would be so easy to tear apart, mm-hmm. so easy to rip into and um, to know that I'm not on my own. <laughs> So no, the, like, the quality of the writing is really good. I mean, it's it's really well written. I mean, I've got to play. I'm going to play Beyond Two Souls this week, and it's like the difference is just you know incredible. Like the difference yeah, between. Yeah, you're right. It's, yeah, uh, you I know. can't argue against that. Um, again, tomorrow you've you've you you, you played Life is Strange, right? Yeah, I played the first one, but you rated. haven't touched this. Um, the sort of prequel. No, not yet. Um, the third episode's not out right. Yeah, is no, it? So no, 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 I'm waiting for it all to be out before I play it again. I'm, I don't know how, I've heard the writing stronger than in the previous or the, the other game. Um, yeah. so I am, I'm gonna check it out based on that, but I've got no affinity for the series. I thought the old, the, the previous game was very overrated. Really? <laughs> yeah. I just, it was uh, like the first two two and a half episodes are very awkwardly written. Like I I I did not like any of the characters. It felt like a bad soap opera at times, like a bad version oh, yeah, of the it OC. Totally feels like, like that. I know. Like yeah, and and I couldn't I couldn't. The characters just annoyed me most of the time, and they were just like like you, you know you're feeling like an adult, and you've got this teenager just being like 
just getting going into shame spirals and stressing over the most minute things and you're just like get a grip just get on with your life and then i was just like oh my god I, I just, the characters annoyed me and there was that one line where she was like oh i love japanese culture from akira to wherever the other thing was at the end and i was like you can all die i hope that twister rips through your room yeah no that was episode one wasn't it which was yeah. i mean it was so poorly written yeah that was, at time in the, places the dancing, it, having said that like the th- there's some there's some real strong moments in that game as well like i'm i'm kind of playing it up for comedy value but like there's towards the end the reveal was great um the, and the, the writing felt like it came together better than it started off, which oh, is totally, why I'm yeah. keen. I'm keen to play the the new one, um, and I'm also excited. Like it, it's it's that game, despite not liking it as much as other people do, it made me excited for the future of Don't Nod as a studio. So I'm really excited to see what they do with Vampire and and their own second season of um, Life is Strange. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, yeah, I. I do not know what the second season is going to be like. Um, but yeah, no, you're totally right. It reminds me of those sort of Netflix shows that uh, my wife watches. And I'm looking <laughs> at it, and I'm just, oh my God, they're in a school again. And they're, they're just a drama about nothing. And then something horrific happens just yeah. to add a little bit of drama. It, 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 it definitely feels like that. Yeah. But, um, but at times, I, I, I care I, about these characters more than yeah. I have done in most other games. Yeah, as as it goes along, I started to warm to him, but like the starting is really bad, and like I I and I'm someone who's watched like the OC and enjoyed it, and I I was going through that, and I was like, this is this is upsetting me, and I don't like it, but like episode two from episode three onwards, I was into it. Cool, right? So what have you been playing, Tamor? What um, have you been playing? What do I? What's the last? I finished Wolfenstein yesterday, which is which was an interesting game. Really, just interesting to find game. the hype. Sorry, is it? Does it justify the hype? Everyone's been raving about this. Uh, it does and it doesn't. So I started off playing on PS4 and I absolutely despised it. I hated it. Like I think the it, the shooting is really bad on on console. Um, I I can't pinpoint with certainty the thing that it is, but like I've got some ideas of what I think it is. I think the the kind of like the aiming, the acceleration on it's weird. The snap to uh, kind of aiming's really bad um the kind of distance at which enemies can see you before you see them and the bullet drop or whatever it may be like it always feels that they can hit you from further away than you can hit them um and like the design ethos because you start off in that game and you can only get a maximum of 50 health and 100 um armor which is an interesting narrative conceit narrative kind of like element of it that they're working into gameplay because bj's injured after the last last game so you're kind of kind of you're 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 in a bad way and it's something that is a big theme of the game it's really interesting in in terms of like how that system works with the narrative because he's constantly talking about feeling like he's his body's about to give up and he feels like he's slipping away and the way you kind of build your energy is you, you you have a limit of 50 if you keep collecting health, it kind of overcharges it. And then let's say you get up to 200, but it, we won't stay there. It'll start ticking down back to 50. So from that perspective, that's a really cool idea. Like BJ himself feels like he's on borrowed time. And at the same time, you're seeing your health slipping away constantly, which is very, to me, I thought that was like a stroke of genius. 
on the flip side, it means you're one bullet away from being killed constantly. Yeah. Or one or yeah. two shots. And in again, when, when you, when you feel like you can't aim properly and enemies are appearing in your periphery before you can see them and just instantly killing you, I, it's not a good gameplay experience. So I switched to PC and on PC, a lot of that stuff was alleviated because, you know, mouse, mouse and keyboard, you can quickly whip around and you can nail headshots left, right and center. So even if someone gets a jump on you, you can take them out before they usually can, can kill you. Um, well, but it's still, yeah. Did you also find, I mean, it's the other thing I found about the game was the, was like navigation I found quite irritating at points. It's got, it's, it's got one of the worst waypoint markers yeah. I've ever seen. Like, I, the amount of times I pressed, this is both on console and PC, like you press the button to tell you where your objective is, and I've had to like, look, stand back and try and see a minuscule change in the, it's like looking for the pixel that changed color on the screen. Mm-hmm. It's, imp- I found it, infuriating to try and tell where that little marker was and sometimes it's like on the screen other times you need to be looking in the vague direction of it before it shows up it is really weird um and there are like a lot of situations where it's difficult to tell where you're supposed to be going like it's like oh you need to go underground or this is little dark corner that you need to walk through or a vent that you can't see properly so it's a thing that i found myself constantly banging my head up against um and like a lot of the gameplay stuff on pc like i said is is remedied somewhat in the kind of skirm- in the in the like the corridor shooter bits but when you get into the set pieces it all kind of comes back again because that design of it wants you to feel like it wants you to be feel like you're a nazi killing machine you've got these two guns and you just wants you to run around like unloading but it, unlike doom which rewards you for doing things like rushing in with like glory kills you kill someone in doom and that kill rewards you with a full health boost or something like that. And then you just, you carry that momentum forward, forward, forward. Where this game, you rush in, someone appears behind you while you're focusing on someone else and it's like three shots and you're dead. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's constantly at odds with itself, its own design ethos, which is, which is, I felt like it killed it for me in a lot of like the gameplay situations. And a lot of people were just saying, just play on easy. And honestly, like I played, I stuck it through because I'm like, I have an ego and, and it's very fragile. So I was like, I can't, I can't play on the easiest difficulty. Like when you go to the, when you go to the easiest difficulty, he's literally got a, he's got like a dummy in his mouth and he's wearing a baby's hat. And I was like, I can't do this to myself. I'm better than this. So I stuck it through. But honestly, if you don't have an ego, just play on, on easy because the narrative is one of the best I've seen in a shooter and easily in this year. It's fantastic. The story yeah. is, amazing like it it is they are not shy about tackling issues like that pertain to you know um racism sexism like all the stuff that all the most hot button issues that you can think about when when you when you consider a story about nazi germany and nazis taking over america it tackles them from every angle you can think of and it does it with confidence and it does it with subtlety and nuance and grace and it does it like without it becoming like dire, like dour and making you feel like his life is not worth living. Like it goes from, it goes from like an, uh, discussing racism to like poop jokes in the space yeah. of three seconds. And it does it perfectly and it nails it. And you're like, how I was, I was thinking about racism a second ago. And now I'm laughing about this woman shitting, like stinking up her toilet. And it, do, no game, like its tonal shifts are amazing. Does it take on the controversial controversial subjects of loot boxes, though? Does it do it that? It does not, unfortunately, no. Right, unfortunately. it doesn't it's just bother go away. there. 
It's happy to talk away. about Nazis and sexism and violence, but <laughs> no, Luke Crate, so, um, no I really chance. want to play this, um, not only just to experience the game, but because I know it's going to get mentioned about a billion times in Giant Bomb's end-of-year mm. podcasts. But do, do you think I really do need to play the previous game? Yes, yes, you do. I don't think you do. I do. I don't think the you do. The previous game wasn't very good. It was. No, I, I, oh. it, it was very good. I really liked it. Well, the other thing that I liked about the original game, the previous game, was it accommodated stealth, which the current one, the new one, doesn't until like halfway through the game, um, when it becomes viable. But honestly, like I can tell you what you need to know about the last game. I would, I would encourage you to just watch uh, like a playthrough of it if you can, or watch the cutscenes. Like it's a very good game. If you have the time, play it. Because it's it's like really fun and it does some really cool stuff and it and it does it goes to some really interesting places. But if you want to be part of the discussion this yeah. year, you can just read about it Matt, very easily. I've got an idea. Why don't you stream not, it? Why don't you not play Quantum Break and play Wolfenstein instead? <laughs> that is a fucking good point. Don't stream Dark Souls. Stream okay, Dark Souls. Stream is off. That's a, that's no, 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 no. That's <laughs> I gave you an yeah, <laughs> That is not off. <laughs> Not off. Okay, have you got any other games for us? Uh, no, that's what I've been playing Assassins and I'm playing Overwatch all the time because it's the greatest game of all time. Uh, it was alright. The briefest of mentions, of course, to uh, Super Mario Odyssey, which I have now seen what is, I assume, considered the proper ending, uh, which is when you collect 500 moons and you do something else that is new. And the the thing that you do is new and everything that happens afterwards is just absolutely beautiful, wonderful. And maybe I've, maybe I've been a little bit cautious about going crazy over this game, uh, in, in recent weeks and sort of saying, yeah, no, it's a very good Mario game. The, the ending that I experienced this week was genuinely quite emotional and just the, the whole last level, the whole last bit is just so wonderfully perfect that, um, yeah, I, I completely, completely blew me away this week. It's so good. It's so good. And I, I think, Matt, I would like to, just on one night, right, if you're doing streaming, get back into streaming and everything, just one night, once you get to 500 moons, before you go to where it sends you, just stream that for a little bit because I'd like to see how you react to it. I know for a fact that James is going to absolutely adore that bit. He's going to absolutely adore it. And I'm going to get text messages from him saying uh, that this is a mate. I know for a fact that James is going to love that. I think he'll be interested to see your reaction to it. Yeah, I'm um, on like 323 moons now, so... You will you will scream through that last, uh, you know, 180 because it's really easy to pick up moons. You you don't have to get anywhere near from 100% in all the uh, kingdoms to, yeah, get, I'm still to only, get to that. I'm, I'm on the sand one now, so I'm only like the, a four or five in, and I've basically got as much as I can without really looking at guys and stuff, and I think I need like four or so from each of the previous levels, so I've got tons more still to do. Yeah. So I've, I've been 100%ing them, like trying to, and I'm, I've, well, I have, uh, where I'm up to, I've just started the, the Lake Kingdom is the next one, so... Yeah, I just did the uh, the Wooded Kingdom, which was fantastic. Yeah, it's the, and it's great to go back. Uh, there are, I still maintain there are some kingdoms that are not quite as um, as well put together as others, but for the vast majority of them are, are absolutely brilliant. And I think it is up there with Mario 3D World now for me. 
Maybe maybe this really? surpasses it. Okay. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, James. I can't wait for you to do the last bit. And it, it, I, it's a bit shit to turn around and say, "Yeah, I've put in what thirty to forty hours on this game," and it's only now that I'm putting it up there with with three um, D World. But uh, I just I adored that whole last section so much that it really did. I mean, I even re- reflected on my gameplay and sort of said, actually, this is fucking superb. And I'm still playing it. I'm still going and mopping up things that I haven't done yet. Uh, and there's still plenty to do. It's it's wonderful. Yeah, Dave, have you done the, the, the master race on that, on the Wooded Kingdom? Probably not. I haven't done much of the races. Because I haven't been... Yeah, that's difficult. Tough. <laughs> I had to yeah. learn like a new move to be able to do that because it was impossible. But uh, yeah. have you done it? Yeah, I've done it. Yeah, it's. Um... Uh, I might that might I might make that my next challenge, and I'll do the master race on that. Yeah, the the first um, one is easy, but the second one is it's tough because it you have to yeah you have to figure out how a way. There's no way you can do it unless you figure out this new move. Basically, it's um yeah, it's good. Cool. I right, tomorrow. I assume you're you're wrapped up in the love for that game. Mario. Yeah, I I adore it. Like I I, I think it's my favorite Mario of all time. A lot of people saying that, and now yeah. I mean, three D World was up there for me, and uh, yeah, I think I prefer this now. My, mine, was, mine was Galaxy. Like Galaxy was number one for me until this came along, and there's just so much charm in it, and it's just it's it's two two games Nintendo released this year, like, and both of them they have so much in common, like both Zelda and Mario. The thing that I love about both of those games, and the thing that I kind of the mission statement for Nintendo of this year is like they reward curiosity, and as a, as as people who play games, there's nothing better than that. There's nothing better than the feeling of going, oh, I wonder if there's something over there. I bet you there is, and then going there and then having something be there, even if it's small, even if it's like a stack of coins. Yeah, that that is just like it's the most uplifting and like it's it's just so good I, and that game is just full of that stuff wall to wall everything you anytime you think i wonder if there is, the answer is yes and it's worth it go and do it did you did you get to 500 moons did you do that bit that i'm talking I, about? I haven't i haven't got to 500 moons yet i'm taking it slow now so i i played it before it was out for like uh intensely for a few days just so that we could have coverage of it up. Um, so like I decided to take a bit of a break from it and then come back to it and play it like at my leisure once, once the kind of rush of, of like having to cover all these games is over and I can really savor it. Um, yeah. What so you've post- just said about your curiosity there is mm-hmm. completely summed up right at the very end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, insane. I, I, and for those people that have got there know exactly what I'm talking about. It's, re- <laughs> it's really funny. You sit. Ah, oh, that's great. I wonder if I go. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Okay. Brilliant. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, that's, uh, get That's going to be my Christmas game. Yeah. Yeah. It's cracking. It's, I mean, it's going to be my life game. I'm going to be playing that game for years. Um, every morning, Harry wakes up and asks me to put it on. And we've had to limit it to weekends now, and it's hard. <laughs> okay. Cool. Right. Should we get on to, um, emails and tweets and get out of here? Okay. We've got some, although the, the first email we've got is, is quite lengthy. Um, but I'll oh read God. So, uh, if you want to email us, it's uh, thecomputergameshow at gmail.com. The first one says, uh, Hi chaps, I uh, found your debate about how Nintendo maintained this momentum really interesting this week. I've been wondering the same thing and had some thoughts. Uh, thoughts even. Uh, thoughts. Thoughts. Feel free to read them out. Rubbish them or ignore entirely. 
There are a few ports Fools. that would be welcomed by many. Smash, uh, Donkey Kong uh, Country, Tropical Freeze, Bayonetta, uh, Mario 3D World, and a few that may work but would need some pretty major reworking controls-wise that make me think they wouldn't bother, such as Star Fox Zero, Mario Maker, and Pikmin 3. There have been very vague hints that the Animal Crossing mobile app might work uh, with the Switch tie-in, and we know long-term that a new Fire Emblem, Pokemon RPG, and Metroid Prime are in development, but that will be late 2018, if not 2019. Miyamoto said that Pikmin 4 was finished in an interview a year or so back, so that may come out too. What else is there that could uh, that would get a big reaction? Well, we had a similar question to this, was it last week? And we were saying that, you know, there are obvious fan favourites that would, that would get a big reaction. Mm. Um, but I do wonder, yeah, I mean, a new Mario and a new Zelda game in the same year is a big deal. And it's how do they top that? Where do they go from here to sort of even compete with that? They have they have apparently just registered a bunch of um, like more trademarks of stuff, which makes it look like maybe they're coming. There's like there was Smash Brothers, uh, Animal Crossing, and something else. I think they they you know they they registered as being possible ones. I think F Zero Nightfall is that coming? That's not coming, David. It's never going to come. It's. Uh... <laughs> It's all about Metroid. It's the yeah. only thing I care about now. Yeah, but then what? Like, I mean, that's a while off, right? Yeah, but I don't know, man. I don't know what they've got now. I don't know. They've got. I mean, there's more. There's like third parties do seem to be interested mm-hmm. in it more. Yeah, than, that's um, a big thing, isn't it? And 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 yeah. all the indie games that are coming out will keep you playing on the Switch. I've got no doubt about that. I mean, for me, it's going to be a Rocket League box for the rest of the year, which is just yeah, that's brilliant. out from tomorrow, isn't it's out it? Tomorrow, it's fifth. It's fifteen pounds, three pence apparently, which is pretty good. Uh, that's crazy. I'm buying it. Yeah. I'm buying it because we haven't had a uh, response to our <laughs> request for code, so I'm I'm all over that, all over it. Okay, he continues. He says he says uh, a Majora's Mask esque prequel uh, sequel to Breath of the Wild using the same world but incorporating a completely new story. Could those ruined castles be fully vibrant towns with new enemies to go hunting with the Guardians at your side? Could it deal with the rise of Ganon? The DLC may turn out to be this, but I wonder if a high-speed uh, turnaround of another Zelda set in this land is doable, though maybe not for 2018. I, don't know, I think that's possible. Maybe we're going to see more Zelda. I mean, they've got more DLC coming out for this year, mm-hmm. haven't they? If they announce uh, Breath of the Wild 2... Set in the same place, but with just like loads of loads more stuff, like well, not even loads more stuff, just new stuff. I'm I'm all not over that. Happen. I'm all over that. What's that? It might, it, Matt, it might do because they've got precedent for this. They've done this like with Majora's Mask, and they've what else have they done it with? They've, I'm sure they've done this with other other games. They've been, like you know released other ones in. I mean similar... Luigi, Luigi U. Stuff yeah. like that. I mean, fine. I, I, I'm not convinced that this DLC is going to be what I'm after. But I mean, I just want a new space to explore with new collectibles and bits and pieces and surprises. That's the, I, I would totally pay again to play a very similar game to Breath of the Wild, but with more shit, with more stuff to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's so good. It's so good. And and by the time I was done, I wasn't done. Like I, I just kept going back, and every now and then I do, I still switch it on to do a couple of shrines. Um, yeah, it's incredible. And then he also suggests maybe there could be like a Super Mario World two or three if you count Yoshi's Island as two. He thinks that you know maybe they could they could go back to that with the new Super Mario Brothers styling. I would I, I don't know. Do you think there'll be another two D Mario that will come for this? Or I was just... thinking 
I was thinking the other day, do you think there's going to be another 3D Mario? Like, uh, you know, in the in the same way of uh, 3D world? I think there's a good chance. I mean, they did this... I mean, Galaxy 2, was, wasn't that supposed to be like an add-on kind of thing anyway, and then it morphed into a full game? That something similar may happen with this. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I'd be more interested in a new 3D world land style game than I would uh, another... Um, New Super Mario's game for sure. I think we will see Super Mario. Mario though. I think that's going to appear at some point. Do you think? Yeah, I think so. Mm. Where, where you only get like it's free to play, but you have to buy each block. <laughs> you, they, they, like you get like ten blocks to put. They'll down do the in thing, won't they? It'd be it won't be loot crates. It'd be question blocks. You know, like what's <laughs> yeah. in them? Do you know what I want to see? What's do that? Know, I, do you know what I want to see? Go on. I want to see. Mario flying in space in the Odyssey, and then just behind him, Wario appears in his own ship, and is like, "This is my game now." And then you get Wario DLC. Like <laughs> Wario DLC would be good. Super we were ta- Wario Odyssey would be we- amazing. We were talking about um, this. I, I can't remember who I was talking to about, but um, like, if it was another character-based Odyssey game what character would it be? And, like, the obvious answer would be Luigi, but I don't think they would do that. I think it would be, you know, as you say, Wario would be very interesting. A lot of people say it could be Princess Peach. I don't know. Return of Captain Toad? You know, you'd have something like that. Oh, God. Imagine waddling around that sand area at his (laughs) post. That would be just an absolute nightmare. Um, He's got to be Wario stealing all of Mario's shit while he's off. I mean, I understand why people would want a Princess Peach Odyssey or whatever, but after the Princess Peach game on the 3DS, didn't that sell sell terribly? No, that was on the that was on the DS, I think. That was uh, that one, I, the one where she cried and it like they did making. Yeah, it was just odd. It was <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that that wouldn't fly. I don't think now. It's uh, it was not so good. Um. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I do, I'd like to see more. I'd like to see more. They haven't announced anything. There wasn't. Like with Zelda, we knew instantly that it was going to be DLC. We haven't had that with Mario Odyssey, mm-hmm. um, so oh, they'd be mad not to release something. And then he continues um, a new IP. Wow, this Re- guy is fucking going on a bit, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, well, <laughs> it's we, we've still pit, got it's to piss, mate. We've still got four paragraphs to go through. So um, what? This is <laughs> this is what I say every time, and it's like then everyone has a go. What do we say? Edit it down. Yeah, but no, you say that, and then Matt says, no, no, you've got to read it all. You've got to read it all. And it's... Why do you say that, Matt? Just head it down, James. <laughs> <laughs> down to peer pressure. Um, okay. Um, oh, you see, I can't edit it down on the fly. It's like, there's too much of it. Skip to the next one. All right, uh, uh, okay. That's <laughs> who, what, who sent that in? That, that did you say Sean? who that was? That, that was from Sean. Uh, not, not no, you see Bell. what we've got to deal this with was... now? To more. This is what we've got. It's all fun and games, but when you actually sit in here listening to this bollocks, you've <laughs> got to go. James, come on, put it together. Let's go. It's because you don't. You're never clear about what you want. You want one thing. Matt wants another thing. I'm never sure where I'm going with it. Anyway, that was who's the main so, one. I don't know. Listen to him. It's me. Well, don't listen to you, yeah, mate. You listen to the more, boss. Clearly, you're just like, oh yes, yes. I'll skip on to next email. Well, Tamar said skip on to the next one about half an hour ago, and we're still talking about this one. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, Chaps, more often than not, I will buy a full-price Nintendo game, £40 plus, but very, very rarely do I buy a full-price PS4 game. I will buy brand-new PS4 games, but around the £20 or £25 mark. Does it say more about me than the industry? 
I think there are many answers here that came for all your thoughts, and that's from Sean. So it's oh, no, more about Nintendo from, and how their games B-Night. hold value. Mm-hmm. You know, their, their games, you, you see them in the shops and they're, they're still like 30, 35, 40 quid mm-hmm. years and years after they're released. Um, you know, and that's second hand. You, you know that the price of those games don't shoot down like they do on the PS4 and Xbox One. Um, so you're more likely to pay full price because A, you ain't going to be saving much by waiting and B, if you don't like it, you can sell it and get most of your money back. And also, you know, I mean, generally it's going to be quality as well, isn't it? It's the thing. It's... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you are going to yeah. know that. Hi, well, have any of you completed the final level in Mario Odyssey? Without spoilers, it's the one where you get after 500 moves. So yeah. far, I've told Mario to go fuck himself. Yeah. Shouted why. Why, though? Kicked the sofa and almost cried. I've been at it for three days. I get to the bit with the bird enemy and fall to pieces. Uh, please let, tell me you're also having trouble, and that's from a broken man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, that's what I was talking about earlier. I'd, uh, yeah, I'd, it took me... <laughs> <laughs> it took me three days to complete um, and I got more and more frustrated I got right to the very end once and died um, uh, yeah but it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's uh, it's totally worth it like it's it's incredibly challenging but you know that you can do it throughout the whole thing you know that you can do it it's really well it, like it's perfectly pitched it's, it's brilliant it's brilliant if you're having trouble with it, keep playing it because the more you learn that level, the the more you progress. It's really clever. Next one says no one else has no one else has done it on this. No. Point. So next email is from Capone. Yeah. He says, uh, "Do you think the setup of Odyssey could work well in other games and genres? I.e., the concept where the true game begins after the credits." And then he says, what? "Having thought about it, there are other games that still have things to do and collect after the credits, but this feels like the first time in ages where players actually want to do it." So it's not so much that it's a new concept, but it's a mixture of A, being a short game, leaving you wanting more, and B, the concept of continuing uh, being given a narrative with new goals, and C, revisiting old planets resulting in new activities, and more importantly, D, it's a fun world to play in. Hardly any other game has all these qualities, and so that's why it feels like such a fresh concept. I just answered my own question, sorry for wasting your time. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, Nier Automata was the one that everyone was saying, hey... Once you've completed the game, complete it again because of what you haven't played the game. Um, I, I played that game once and it was dry. <laughs> but everyone was like saying, no, that's not it. Uh, you, know you, know how, you know how you don't sell me on playing a game multiple times? By having the first time through be dry. <laughs> like, there's no way I'm spending 14 hours or whatever it was. That's and totally then at the true. end of the like, oh yeah, that, that plane version... No, that's the, the standard one. You've got to do it again. And it's like, no, the first time was <laughs> shit. I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> no, come on, dude. I know the first time was shit, but then it gets good. Yeah, I know you've do put 12 hours into this, but it's going to get good now. No, man, that's not how it works. Like, if, if it was something mechanically in there that was, like, pulling me through, but even the combat's, like, bare bones at best. It's not interesting. The world is very drab, and I understand that there's more story there, but, like, dry. <laughs> Can you hear that? That's the sound of Sean crying. <laughs> I've actually got it on the list to go back to it, and like it's something I just don't want to go to. But I have to for Game of the Year. I know I do, but it's, I don't want to do it. Not if you're on this year, on this podcast, Game of the Year show. You could just <laughs> just not play it and then just not vote for it. <laughs> Piss people off. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Right, we've got tweets now. 
And uh, if you want to tweet us, it's uh, at Computer Game Pod on Twitter. Uh, Scientologist says, uh, with the announcement of Ace Attorney games coming to Switch, will Matt have the headphones in on the console or his music when playing these? Did you do you know what this is about tomorrow? No. What's this? Matt admitted this is disgusting. That... But go on. <laughs> it is. It is. Oh, right, usually... right, yeah, I know what he's talking about. Yeah. 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 Matt, Matt plays Ace Attorney games while That's listening to podcasts. That's the only game I've ever done that. Um, but you I didn't even get through the first that, case, like, did you, Matt? Let's I be honest. It. it gives a... Oh, for f- I'm impressed that you might... Well, obviously you didn't get very far, but if you had got further on, I'd be impressed. Because like, reading text and listening to different pod- people speaking about different things uh, jumbled my brain right up. That's true. That would fuck me up as well. Yeah. But not I only have, that, I have, I have best to pause music. It's got so. amazing music, Matt. Oh, I yeah. I don't want to get into this again. Because I'm just going to get annoyed. It's uh, man, that music in the game is just insane. Yeah. I don't think it's got a bit of like music. I listen to FM. What? I'm joking. Are you joking? I'm Matt? joking. Yeah, I'm not listening to that podcast. <laughs> Jesus, James. <laughs> that podcast is. I don't know where you're joking, Matt. Because you come out with some right shit recently. <laughs> All um, right. You know that's. <laughs> Got a lively one tonight. <laughs> anyway, Scientologist also says, is there any game that you know is better than another and get annoyed that people ignore it? For me, just the thought of another Skyrim release doing better than Xenoblade Chronicles 2, the first as an all-timer, has me slightly <laughs> on tilt. Um, I've noticed that stuff's never really bothered me, I, I guess. Really care. And I'm part of the problem because I'm buying Skyrim on Switch and I'm not going to buy Xenoblade Chronicles because I don't care. So, the only yeah. time that I was really annoyed was when, like, Call of Duty was selling uh, a lot more than Titanfall. And I'm going, I, I was just trying to go, but this is like a better, this is a better game. What are you doing? It's the, like, even the campaign's better now. Like, what, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I mean, this happens I was every devastated with, when with that Pez and FIFA. Boring. You know, you want everyone to get back into Pez. It's true. The millions are buying FIFA. It's true. All, all the stuff around DMC Devil May Cry had me on tilt. I was just like, you guys are fucking all crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I need to buy Pets this year because John, John has been bugging me about playing that game. And uh, Millwall in it. <laughs> They're in it. So, you know what I mean? That's a sell. Right, okay. Athena Allen says, uh, I bought a Mario onesie over the weekend. See picture. What is the most ridiculous bit of game tat that you've bought? Huh. Tomorrow, was, you must have sight for this. Uh, I've got a, I've got a Zarya hoodie, which is quite good. Um, that's that's pretty much it. I don't usually spend money on insane stuff. The Zarya hoodie is like the most obviously gaming related thing I've purchased in a while because it's like her coloured, so it's like turquoise and pink and all colours that I do not look good in. Um, but yeah, that's about it. I had a Someone... Nintendo keychain, but Chen made me take it off because she said it made me look like a loser. Which was... <laughs> what, what, what was the keychain? <laughs> it was one of those like NES controller ones. Oh, oh your, god, yeah, no, that is, is bad. Is an yeah, absolute so savage, and I love it. That is a bit cringe. I, I remember when we were doing Joypod, someone bought me one of those mouse maps where it was Kasumi from Dead or Alive. <laughs> but the wrist rest was her breasts. <laughs> what happened to that, Dave? It went in a bin. I mean, <laughs> thanks for sending it to me, and I kept it around for a, a while, but, like, yeah, that went in a bin. You didn't take it to work. I'd worn it out. Do you remember for your birthday one year I bought you that ironic Nintendo, what was it like, Nintendo Rehabilitation Clinic hoodie? Oh, the Nintendo, oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, I I, I wore that hoodie for yeah. ages. You I think I've still got it. You did you? 
No, no oh God, say, no. Yeah. But I, it was Tape really comfortable far. hoodie. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved it. Uh, Joe used to wear nah, it as well. It wasn't well. for her. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> okay, Xben Blaster X says, um, with Forza... Why is that username? <laughs> I know. <laughs> what was it again? <laughs> Xben Blaster X. That is chucking your real name into like gibberish. Like, either go full gibberish or the real name. Don't go halfway. It's never a good look. With, with, <laughs> God. With Forza Gran Turismo and Need for Speed delivering disappointing entries to the series this year, what racing series would you like to see get a redirection? Well, obviously, it's Burnout. Yeah. But Sega Rally. Oh, God. Sega Rally, Burnout are two very good shouts. Project Gotham. Yeah, racing that'd be good oh yeah would be good but that'll never happen because you know we're dead on it. Yeah. they've got Forza what was that bring back Blur Blur would be good or Juiced stop yeah. talking oh, about Juiced every episode James we're sick of it <laughs> it's non stop about Juiced <laughs> you know what <laughs> Motorstorm was alright for a bit well the, the, isn't that sort of coming back is it? Well, that's, that's what oh, the IP yeah. looks Motorstorm-ish, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, From the people that made Motorstorm, they're yeah, bringing out a Motorstorm game. S game. Does, um, does an SSX Tricky count as a racing game? Oh, mate, honestly, I, it, it, it makes me sick how they nailed Tricky, and then everything that's come out since has just not not yeah. been. Let's make it open world. Let's not. Let's make a really good snowboarding racing game. Yeah, like, just that was a, so good. That game. A good remake of Tricky would be fine by me. Yeah, yeah, but, I'm I'm down with that or, definitely. Or F Zero, obviously, it would be nice. Sure. F Zero, of course, is top of the list. Yeah, absolutely top of the list. Uh, I don't think that's what he was going for. He was going for more serious sort of racing games because, let's face it, those <laughs> those games aren't dead. But, Crash uh, Team Racing. <laughs> Diddy Kong Racing. Sonic R, please. Sonic R2, <laughs> yeah. Diddy Kong. Diddy Kong, yeah. Sonic R2. <laughs> and that's DC. it. We've got this. We're, no, we're, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> glad that's classified. <laughs> James, James was about to admit that the listeners have gone down, the list of <laughs> figures have gone down, the show's fallen apart. <laughs> he held himself back. Um, Tamor, thank you mm. so much for coming on this week. We really appreciate it. Appreciate Thanks for that. Know. Have you got anything to plug? Have you got a website that you write for that you want to talk about? Just go to gamespot.com and I just click a few links. <laughs> click a few links, Fine. click all the adverts. Yeah, click, click every single advert on the front page. Just do that for me. <laughs> and then just constantly right. refresh the site just for, for yeah. a day. If everyone does that, <laughs> yeah. figures I think they're will be doing through all right. the roof. Yeah, we'll probably to... be all right if you are, yeah, if, if I'm honest. We'll probably be all right. <laughs> I think they need a leg up. We all do. It's fine. <laughs> uh, Matt, you want to do the social yeah, stuff? Yeah, I mean, so I'm going to be streaming Dark Souls uh, this coming Sunday at 9. So go to twitch.tv slash the computer game show uh, and get following us for that. I'm dreading it, but it's I can't wait for that. I'm, dr- I'm, I'm totally genuinely dreading that. it. But That's going to be fantastic. It is what it is. But yeah, um, you can also follow us on Twitter. We're at Computer Game Ball on Twitter. Uh, if you want to follow us there, we'll, we'll obviously be tweeting when the streams are going live. James, as you said earlier, is going to be um, streaming... Uh, a few episodes of Beyond Two Souls this week so yeah watch uh, find out when we're doing that uh, on the Twitter uh, and we're on all other uh, podcast services of course so uh, leave us an Apple podcast review why not that'd be lovely 
Thanks for living it. We'll catch you next week with another guest. Um, have a lovely week. We'll see you later. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.